Plays, the podcast where we talk about the games we're touching and the games that are touching us actively. <laughs> My name is Kevin. And this is Miyamoto. <laughs> <laughs> this is Miyamoto. Mario is real. <laughs> <laughs> what a tweet. <laughs> Just such a matter of a fact tweet yeah. that we got from, from Miyamoto the other day. I was talking to Chris San the other day. My good friend Chris San. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So that's sad. Are you sad? Mario that the movie? Is getting delayed until 2023? Yeah. You know... Not particularly. Oh, well, I, you might I, need the Baker Act me. I don't know how to live. <laughs> I, I only, I got, it was supposed to be perfect, Daniel. Yeah. Sonic 2 at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. Super Mario toward the end of the year. Yes. Okay. Book ends of joy. Now it's an open field of sorrow. I wanted that 2D end cap. You're right. It would have been perfect uh -huh. to have Mario cap off the holiday season, but... You know, sometimes dreams don't come true, and that's okay. Yeah. I need to hear what the worst Chris sounds like as Mario. I need it, dude. Do you think that's what it is? Maybe it's just getting put off because they haven't quite nailed the Mario voice yet, and they're making people crunch to get it right in, like, post? <laughs> Probably. Yahoo! <laughs> Wahoo! Mamma mia! <laughs> I need to know! I need to know! Because... You know Charlie Day is going to crush it. Oh, of course. He's going to sound great as Luigi. He's going to be an amazing Luigi. But Chris is Mario? We need to know. I wonder if it was something maybe in Chris Pratt's schedule that like got everything shifted. Like maybe he was too busy with like Thor, Love and Thunder or Guardians 3. Or, and hear me out, hmm. it's shit. <laughs> And they thought to themselves, we can't release this. They're like focus testing it like in very yeah. like secluded audiences in Japan and then killing those people after so they don't <laughs> leak the information. And they're just like, man, this sucks. Dumping them in like some landfill in Kyoto. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Wow, this is dark. I know. I know. But Nintendo? They keep we... their secrets. Yeah. They keep them tight. It's a secret to everybody. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's true. Well, fucking maybe all for the better. You know what they say? A delayed animated CG film <laughs> is eventually good <laughs> yeah and if they were netflix they would just cancel it and fire everybody that's associated with it yeah so yeah yeah thank you netflix for everything that you do oh my god uh, for no fucking reason how fucked up is that that like they took people from like their labor secured industry jobs to bring them to make them move out to california to be a part of like animation projects just to fucking fire them with no severance like months later it's fucked up, yeah. and video games do it all the time, too. That's true. That's video, true. Video game studios uproot people, say, hey, move out to fucking Cincinnati, get get your whole family here, you show up in Cincinnati, and they're like, ah, we don't need a QA team. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, it sucks. But, uh, yeah, yeah, fucking Netflix, huh? Are we talking about Netflix now? They're losing subs left and right. They are. Well... If they hadn't been, like, so steadfast on being Nazis about, like, password sharing oh, and all this other shit, it's not that serious. <laughs> also, put out better content. Yeah. And treat your employees better and quit having weird anti-trans sentiments. Like, they're, they're fucking yeah. up left and right. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah, like, yeah, it's no true. wonder that, like, their membership and subscriptions are kind of just being bloodletted. I got to tell I... I uh... It's not the first thing I log into when I'm like, hey, let's see what's on the old streamos. You mm -hmm. know, like I log into HBO. Mm -hmm. They got a lot of good content there, a lot of good original content, prestige content mm -hmm. as well. And then, you know, Hulu's got some good stuff here and there, right? 
And Amazon Prime looks like garbage on PlayStation for some reason. Yeah, they, they haven't nailed shit. that like latency. Yeah, what is wrong with them? Good God, you have fucking all the money on Earth. Yeah. And you're like, but not for resolution. You have all this like cloud infrastructure and you're one of the biggest tech industries in the world. But yeah. yet you can't get street like fucking 1080 streaming down. Yo, just yoke all these engineers that they're probably going to try to fire from Netflix. Just take all of them. Yeah. Good point. Gobble them up. All right. Yeah. It, it. I mean, it is kind of a, a damn shame to see <laughs> the the streaming service that basically killed Blockbuster just fucking fall <laughs> apart in the face of other streaming uh, services. But I don't know. There's just better ones, right? Yeah. And you're right. I haven't logged into Netflix since I think the last season of Ozark. And you know what? The new season is airing now, so I will check that out. Oh, they yeah. got you right back in. They got me right, right back oh, in. There it goes. The, the, the stock price is back up. Yeah. Don't you worry, everybody. You're back in, Netflix. You know? <laughs> anyway, video games? Video games. So we've gathered you here Question today, mark? listeners, to, <laughs> one, talk a little bit of news. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of backlog, because we're in another backlog season. A little backlog. And yeah. then we're going to talk about the next eight months of the year. Highs, oh lows. We're, we're basically going to etch out... Some of our kind of more anticipated releases, what we're excited about, and what we think is actually coming out tangibly this year, uh, as well as what we think some of these other developers and publishers have been kind of quiet about the rest of the calendar year, maybe have in store. So mm-hmm. it's going to be mm-hmm. a lot of vaporware talk this episode. Yeah, I, I think the general mood is like, uh, there's not a lot that's really exciting. It's sad. It's I kind of said to you the other day... I I think my game of the year list this year could easily be a top five. Like, I don't right. have much that I'm excited enough to talk about that could even etch out a full top ten, which is yeah. insane coming off of last year and even 2020, which was one of the best years in gaming, bar none. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Final Fantasy Fifteen. Yeah. This year Four, we got... Fort 7, 7 Remake, 7 <laughs> Remake. <laughs> Thank you, Last of Us Part Two and Ghost. This year we got Final Fantasy Stranger of Paradise. Hmm. yeah so i don't know like there's still stuff coming out right there's smaller titles it's just like not that sort of like month to month on a year dreams juggernaut of triple a releases the year was front heavy right like january february march banger after banger but then it's just kind of like oh now we're in a vacuum oh no we might have to start playing indie games oh no oh put on the flannel man (laughs) we gotta get into these games about sadness and look like JRPGs from the NES era. No! <laughs> Wait, is Sea of Stars coming out this year? <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Uh, well, we have some fly-by news. We want to talk about some fly-by yeah, news. Yeah, let's do... Our heart is current events. Right? Let's do the quick plug. Yeah. And then we can get into the fly-by news. The quick plug? Yeah. What, for this show? Yeah. Well, we are the Save Room. If you didn't know who we are, you can find us on the blockchain fighting for our lives. <laughs> We're right there with Reggie. Get us out. <laughs> you can find us on soundcloud.com slash the Save Room Show, or you can log into Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and specifically Stitcher. Specifically Stitcher. I say it and I don't think it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it. I, can, I, I say it and like it feels fake. I don't know that we're there, man. I don't know that we're there. If, if there's any listeners that 
have actually found us and yeah. continue to listen to us on Stitcher, send us an email, please. Let we, us know. A direct email. Yeah. We're actually, what is it, Save Room Show at Gmail? Yeah, something like that. Is it The Save Room Show at Gmail? I don't even know. Send it to both. CC The? Or just put a comment yeah. on the SoundCloud track because yeah. we see those. I don't want to go to SoundCloud. No. I'm going to admit it. I know that's where we're like, we're where we are mm-hmm. and that's how we that's where we're hosted yeah, yeah that's where we're hosted but i don't know it's, just, it's not a great app i know they're not going to sponsor us now but yeah it's 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 not a great app is mm. it it's a weird app well speaking of an app that's a lot of a, bots on there too a lot of bots on a there. lot of bots on there yeah. most of the fucking place we get our bots you know yeah. <laughs> we get a lot of like retweets or i guess reposts reblogs reblogs oh my god yeah yeah reblogs reblogs well. Well, I was going to say, speaking of bots uh-huh. and good apps, you can also find us on twitch.tv. Oh. Kevin over at twitch.tv slash the writer. It's true. You've been playing many games, a few of which we'll talk about in the plays segment. Yep. And you can also find me over at twitch.tv slash dungeons and daniels. Sometimes, sometimes not. I'm, Most times not. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind <laughs> of like, I'm... Re- <laughs> going on you, you can find me in kevin's chat mainly yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm rearing up for my next stream arc which is going to be kingdom hearts <gasps> so gonna, simple so clean we're gonna unlock the heart of hearts with the key and... when he walks away he won't turn around and say please i don't know if i'm gonna like play baby <laughs> don't go if we're gonna, I don't know if I'm gonna play all those games kind of front to back on stream. Yeah. I might like start them and then play a bunch off stream. I mean, it's either all in one or all or none. Yeah, we'll okay. see. It's just because like I stream once a week and like I don't know that I want to drag out Kingdom Hearts over months. Uh, no, no, yeah. don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just, just commit. Mm-hmm. Commit. It might commit. be a year of your life. Nothing oh. but Kingdom Hearts. Oh, it could very well be a year. Of Probably my get life. a big following of people who are like, he's a Kingdom Hearts streamer, man. I don't know. There's a lot of Kingdom Hearts streamers out there that I don't think I could compete Arthur? with. Yeah. Cool. There's there's Sarah Key. She's very big in the Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy scene. All right. And then I think her name is Lee XP. Same, you know. Oh, I follow her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Spooky. He's a he's a male streamer, a voice actor now. Oh. Uh, he went viral for saying that he wanted to kill Mickey for for what he did to Aqua. So yeah, there's there's a lot of streamers in the space that I'm. What did with. Mickey do to Aqua? What did Mickey <laughs> do to Aqua? Well, he locked her in the the darkness. Oh my god! And left her there, and people are like, "Oh, that's not cool." What the? And then fuck? you have these fucking Kingdom Hearts diehards, these fucking nobodies yeah. coming out of the fucking so darkness nobody. to say that's not what happened. That's not wagging what their internet fingers. Oh, I'm sorry. Is <laughs> we're having revisionist history? Mm-hmm. What does Nomura have to say? Nobody knows. Nomura's a yeah. no show, huh? <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. Wow, this is deep. I, don't, I hope you know what you're getting into, right? These Kingdom Hearts people are weirdos. I might have to do it as followers only chat. Yeah. Because <laughs> I gotta really be. don't want to deal with you, like, some of the Kingdom Hearts discourse. You're going to get these fucking hollow bastards coming oh, into your good. chat. All that's right? real good. And fucking dropping conspiracy theories. I've been playing these games since before some of these nerds were even born. So Yeah, but some of these nerds have been playing these games for every waking minute. Yeah. Are you ready? Listen, don't set your hopes too high, I should say, because I'm only playing the mainline games and Birth by Sleep, and I'm not going to divulge you guys on any of the weird bullshit interstitial titles. You're not getting any of that. Can you name one title that's bullshit? Kingdom Hearts 358 over 2. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. Nailed it. What about Rechain of Memories? 
Ooh, Chain of Memories is actually kind of like a critical game in <laughs> in terms of like the, the story. Yeah, because it explains how like Sora ends up going into stasis and it kind of sets up the events before Kingdom Hearts 2. I like it. Yeah. I like it. This is Also be sets good. up the idea of Castle Oblivion. So there, there's a lot going on there. A lot going wow. on there. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Where do where does the nightmare before Christmas come in? I don't understand. Okay, all right, all right. Kevin's well, just like, wake me up when Kingdom Hearts Four comes out. Yeah, yeah, I'll play that <laughs> and be confused. But uh, well, right on, right on. Then you can find us on Twitch. Kingdom Hearts happening soon. I'm excited. Yeah, coming to I a. Think. a <laughs> I think. <yeah>. Maybe. <laughs> I. Imagine I won't see you for any of Kingdom Hearts 1, and then you're going to show up for Kingdom Hearts 2 just to heckle me. Yeah, probably to heckle. (laughs) I love Part 1. Yeah. Part 1's really good. When I replayed it on PS3, when they, you know, the first of 18 remasters that they did, yeah, Mm -hmm. I liked it. I liked it. I liked that Kingdom Hearts 1, man. It's so simple Mm -hmm. and clean. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts 2? Ooh, that's where it gets a little messy for people. Yeah. Yep. That's, uh... That's where the the darkness comes in, for sure, for sure. And then part three was a dud of a game. I don't know. Part three was just kind of boring. And then there was no other. There was none. Nothing before. Was nothing nothing after. else. There's not. It's it's a trilogy, right? It's a trilogy. It probably would have been better set up as a trilogy, but no, it's like a fucking dodeca elegy. Like there's fucking twelve games. Dodeca. Yeah. Dodeca. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, when do you think we get part four? What's your estimate? Hmm. I don't think Nomura is working on any other titles right now. Thank God. Um, I imagine there's kind of some shared team efforts between all the different, uh, I get what, Division 1 and then the different like Square Enix teams working between. Yeah, they got multiple teams here. Yeah, between Final Fantasy 16, which is nearing completion, we'll talk about that, and then Final Fantasy 7 Remake Part 2. Um, I would estimate, especially because I said it's an early development, it's probably five years out. Five years? Yeah, I would say, like, probably 2027. That's fair. Which is kind of nuts to say. Yeah, that is, it's, it's nuts, right? Like, we're talking about it, we're excited, and it's like, yeah, you're, you're five years out from this fucker. Yeah. Like, you're not near it. You're not near it. Because yeah. it's not something that I don't think they've been developing the entire time. They're probably throwing around just kind of, like, early engine builds and, like, mm-hmm. oh, playing around with, like, fucking game physics and ideas. But 2026 maybe early, <laughs> but, like, this is coming towards the end of this current console gen. Like well, it's, Daniel, it's going to be out there. That sounds a long time away. Yeah. You know what sounds very close? What? Final Fantasy 16 is in the final stretches of development. Oh. Oh. That's pleasant. A little segue there. Yeah, right? that was good. Yeah, yeah. Yoshi P's out here talking to people. He, uh, I forget who he talked to. He talked to, like, Gama Sutra or something. You, you think I would have this. But a fan translated this interview mm-hmm. where I forgot where it was. We're, <laughs> we're great journalists. Did you not link it in the doc? No. Uh, no, I didn't. No, bummer. I didn't at all. Anyway, but a fan, a Final Fantasy fan and Twitch streamer by the name of Audrey. Could you imagine just taking, like, just a normal Twitch name? I am Claire. <laughs> like, that's it. Also, it was uh, released in Uniqlo magazine. That's right! Yeah, because it... they're doing, like, a 35th year anniversary event, and Uniqlo had, like, a whole line of Final Fantasy clothing. Dog, if you don't know what Unique, <laughs> Uniqlo is, yeah. I have some Uniqlo uh, shirts. They're always cheap. Mm-hmm. They're always, like, $10, but they have, like, these fucking licensed pair-ups where they do, like, anime and video games. Mm-hmm. So they're doing a t-shirt for every Final Fantasy yeah. game. Every single one. Um, and 16 is a part of it. And he was, he was apparently talking about that, but also, like, was like, oh, by the way, we're almost done with this game. <laughs> like, what the fuck? So 
His quote was, unlike an online game that involves many players at the same time, because this dude oversees Final Fantasy XIV, and I guess he has to say things like that out mm-hmm. loud, like we understand what the difference is. <laughs> um, Final Fantasy XVI offers a different experience where it focuses on the individual player and immerses you in the story. Yoshida is describing what a single player game is. <laughs> Look out. Wow. <laughs> I think it's a very fleshed out story. For those who have grown up and realized that reality isn't kind to you, oh my god, and have drifted away from Final Fantasy, we hope that FF16 will be a game that can bring back anew the passion that you once had with the series. What's he trying to do? He's trying to bring the series back to its roots, it seems like. He's like, I understand that you guys have been uh, suffering these last few years, but we want you to feel good again. I, I like the the notion that maybe we drifted away because one, we're not into MMOs, and or we're depressed, or we're depressed, <laughs> or maybe a lot of people just did it like Final Fantasy fifteen. You lost the faith. We're gonna bring it back. Gonna bring it back. I hope they do. Yeah, I hope they do. We didn't really see a lot, and God damn it, at this point, the initial trailer was twenty twenty. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was for the big Sony showcase like yeah. that summer, right? So that was um, a ways back. At this point, two years, goodness gracious. So, mm. I'm excited for this one. I it it it's got a different vibe to it. Mm-hmm. I know some people are very unexcited by the visual style, yeah, where it's trying to go for that Game of Thrones Thronesy kind of dark fantasy style. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be that through and through. You don't think so? I don't. I don't think so. It's it's definitely not going to be as vibrant as something as ff14 but i didn't look at it and just think oh this is grimdark <laughs> like i didn't i didn't get that sense but it is going for that you know reality bent mm-hmm. that square enix for some reason is trying to inject into all of their fantasy games including kingdom hearts 4 yeah right but i'm interested to see what what does the combat look like what what is the through line of the overall gameplay loop are we going for an open world situation like 15 mm-hmm. again or is it going to be more reined in are we going to expect like oh we're going to traverse between locales kind of mm-hmm. like how we did in previous games 13 included mm-hmm. but yeah i i'm excited for it every time i hear 16 i'm like dude there's so much potential right there right yeah but I'm, I'm hoping it's not another classic Square Enix-like jobby where it's like, oh, here comes another divisive Final Fantasy. I mean, that's the thing with every single entry where there Since isn't... 10. No, I think every single entry... Even 10? Ever. Like, I think all of them are divisive <laughs> in their own ways because they're all so drastically different. Mm. There isn't any tonal consistency with the series. Mm. Um, and, I mean, everybody has their favorite. Yeah, you could say, like... 8, 9, and 10 are very divisive just because it's like some people think like that those specific games are where the series started to veer off in a bad direction. But it's just like at that mm. point, it's just you're expressing preference, right? right? Like, I don't know. We're splitting hairs, right? Because there's, there's always a Final Fantasy for somebody at that point. But mm-hmm. I think this game is going to be a good return to form. I'm hoping, yeah, it is that kind of like we're going between locales, kind of like Final Fantasy 13 or even 12 because 12 had that kind of like geopolitical feel but you were still kind of like bouncing between spears in that world and I think it's going to be more towards that Hmm. than what we got in 15 or 13 Um, and I hope there's also a return to form in terms of like summons give us like summons again in a real cool impactful way because 15 and 13 kind of lost the way with that I think right yeah 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 I think so like treating them like story set piece things instead mm-hmm. of like straight up like a mechanic a part of the game yeah like that's what's been missing for years from final fantasy using summons as a mechanic mm-hmm. right like when was the last one that did it i mean they were in 
7 remake, but it was one of those things where it's like, it's just a materia slot like it was in the original Final Fantasy yeah. 7. That was weird, because they felt like companion characters. Yeah. Like, instead of, like, here's a a move mm-hmm. <laughs> that like a like an area clearing move i think that's what people want right they want it to be like a big old like here's my my fuck you move yeah basically. here's the big finisher right 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 yeah maybe they, I, I don't know i guess it depends though because like the way the summons are implemented in the games really hinges on narrative really like because they can be in the world as kind of like a accessory or a mechanic but i think they're often bolstered by characters that use summons in meaningful ways like i think of yuna from final fantasy 10 or i think of Terra from six where it's like these are integral to who they are as characters and mm-hmm. that elevates them as as part of the story but we'll see i just i want them to have more umph i want them to be cool i mean we got some of what shiva and ifrit in the the trailer from 2020 and that was really visually yeah. neat yeah, yeah, yeah. um but yeah i think i think we're kind of in store for something totally dark at times it's probably going to be very political um, mm-hmm. And it's also gonna have that medieval bent, so we'll see. I'm excited for it, but when do you think we get it? Is the thing. It's in I, the. F- I think sooner than later. Yeah, I really do think sooner than later. I think um, uh, best estimate. I, so two things could happen. And this kind of goes into our discussion later about like what could happen. Mm-hmm. Two things can happen. It gets actually announced and launched this year. Yeah. Like hey, we're gonna do it end of year. We're doing it. It's gonna happen or next year, mm-hmm. but no later than next year. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, like I think we're very close to it. Uh, yeah, if they're in the final stretches of development, I would say probably final quarter this year or first quarter next year. Like maybe sometime between January and, and March of 2023. Yeah, I, I think the, the thing about it is even though it doesn't feel like the franchise hasn't slowed down in any way, there's like a billion spinoffs. We got Final Fantasy VII Remake that just mm-hmm. came out in 2020. Like there's a lot of life in the franchise. For mainline entries in the franchise, it's been since 2016. Yeah. Since we've seen a Final Fantasy. Yeah, I don't think there's not going to be a mainline, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like, you know, for like a couple more years. No, 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 no. Next year. I'm going to say it. 2023 mm-hmm. is probably the best bet for it. Yeah. This is big. So, like, we, we've gotten a lot of interstitial titles at, in weird spaces. They were doing a bunch of mobile Final Fantasies to kind of, like, spin off of 7 Remake. <laughs> but, like, when... A numbered entry shows up that means something to the franchise, that means something to the fans, and I hope we're in for something special with it. Gonna get the steel box. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the steel boxes because it's always, like, really... The good art. It's the good art. It's got that Yoshitaka mana art, and it's, like, really, like, kind of fantastical looking you know mm-hmm. so i'm i'm really excited for this one i'm hard as hell yeah <laughs> oh harder than the steel <laughs> can't wait <laughs> uh i got another one on here for okay. for the sonic heads out there you know as the biggest proponent for sonic on this show mm-hmm. uh, i'm happy to hear this news which is sonic the hedgehog 2 has grossed 147 million dollars wow million dollars making it the highest grossing video game movie of all time. One more million dollars than Sonic the Hedgehog one. We don't you don't have to say one. <laughs> just called Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog. You know, the one that came out already. Yeah. The one from twenty twenty. <laughs> um I believe it. That is a lot of chili <laughs> That's dogs. All I can really say, yeah. Uh I mean do you think it deserves it? Do you think it deserves to be a one up, literally one million up <laughs> over the original? Is it a better film? Uh, in some ways, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think it, it's it's got sequel stakes. Um, it's a better looking film. The plot mm-hmm. is more interesting. And it is more of like a lore-driven Sonic in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think bringing those characters together like 
you got the crew there, right? Like getting fucking Sonic Tails Knuckles, getting Robotnik in his crazy asanius form is going to bring people more to theaters than I would say James Marsden and Sonic just hanging out at a bar, at a bar <laughs> right? Like the, yeah, yeah. The, the, these characters mean something to fans, and I think it's it's more of a it gives people more of a drive to want to go out and see it in theaters. So. Yeah, it's a proven entity at this point, right? It's a, it's a good, it's, it's like I would say it's a good kids movie. Yeah, you know, like it, it's not a one of those obnoxiously fucking unbearable kids movies like mm-hmm. that fucking sing bullshit that we saw a million trailers sing for. Sing two, yeah, yeah, sing two. Jesus Christ! What's interesting about this though is like, so Sonic One came out just before the pandemic. Yeah, uh, I think it was like February of twenty twenty. You don't say Sonic is a harbinger of the pandemic, yeah. Yeah, I say it all the time. <laughs> you- <laughs> there was something noxious in the chili dogs that, that just kind of caused variants to spin off. And then for this movie to come out kind of like, I don't want to say towards the tail end of a pandemic because we're obviously still in it. There's still outbreaks and new We're at cases. the tail's end of a pandemic. Oh my God. God. Oh my goodness. Oh. But yeah, for, for a movie to come along in a time where people are still kind of like reticent to go out to movie theaters, yeah, right? And for it to kind of sell $1 million more, it's like, it's impressive, right? Yeah. No, I, I think it's super impressive. I, yeah. I won't say like, oh, movies are back, baby. And yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know. I, people are still kind of on the fence about stuff. I think um, we are still in an ecosystem where only like the biggest of the big survive. Mm-hmm. You know? So like Sonic could have gone either way, yeah. honestly. But yeah, good for them. I, I I really legitimately do think that the the filmmakers, uh, what was his name? Uh, Jeff Fowler? Yeah. Yeah, they, they put a lot of love into these films. They mm-hmm. obviously care about the characters to an extent to get it right. Um, and I think that's just going to show for like the th- Like they deserve a third one. They do. I will say that. This yeah. is somebody saying that doesn't like Sonic anything. <laughs> that they deserve a third one. And because he, they treat it with a little more care than these other fucking adaptations that are out there. Or yeah. that we've gotten before. I, yeah. I would say we've gotten a lot of really bad yeah. video game movie adaptations. And it's because they're trying to do like snapshots of what these video games are and bringing them into the screen. Whereas this like, it gets it right. It gets like yeah. the feel of like the Sonic mythos and universe. Right. And cause there's so many different contextualization contextualizations of Sonic. Like you have video games, there's manga, there's Archie comics, right? There's fucking TV shows. I will say this though. I think Sonic is easier to get right because you don't have to treat the source material seriously. Yeah. It's because you don't, that. you don't need to make a serious Sonic for it to work. Yeah. Right? That's probably it's why it's way harder for your Tomb Raiders and your Uncharted's and all the rest of them mm-hmm. of getting him right. Because a filmmaker, if they come from filmmaking, they'll look at it and be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. We got we got to do something to make this work because this won't. Mm-hmm. You know, they look at it and be like, oh, let's make it a real movie movie. And then they make some... Four, some weird fucking like safe benchmark uh, mm-hmm. facsimile, facsimile of like what the original yeah. is right that's what i've heard about the uncharted where it's like oh all they do is just like take the big moments and then try to stitch together a fucking like original weird film out of it well yeah or a boilerplate generic film out of it and that it's like the greatest hits of like one through four in one movie i'm just like <laughs> so come dumb. on guys oh my God, yeah and that, shit like that just feels like solace and they're just trying to kind of like get this thing out that's like oh maybe we have one good chance mm-hmm. to get this movie out because it's like we, we might not get greenlit for a sequel you know, $147 million, like, 
I don't know, depending on what the budget was for this movie, yeah. I forget what it is. Uh, Marvel would be like, oh, that's a loss. We're not going to greenlight that for a sequel. But for Paramount and for the team, that's a big deal. And um, I mean, they are, they've already kind of announced that they're going to do more. They're doing a Sonic um, TV series, a Knuckles TV series. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. They're doing a Knuckles TV se- series, and then obviously we're getting Sonic 3. So mm-hmm. we're getting Shadow. Mm-hmm. Who do we get a Shadow, do you think? Who do we get a Shadow? Yeah. Who can play Shadow the yeah. Hedgehog? Oh, man, that's a good question. Who's got that kind of, like, edgy voice, you know? Somebody had done a voiceover of Robert Pattinson with the the Batman voice over Shadow. And I'm like, you know what? I want vengeance. I want Robert Pattinson as Shadow. I could see Robert Pattinson in there. But I keep on trying. My mind just keeps on going back to trying to get Christian Slater into this. Yes. Oh, my God. So this is a callback from like four years ago where we actually had done a fan cast. I found the notebook where we we, uh, wrote out the cast. Yeah. I found it. Yeah. Yeah, we still have reference. There's some really great takes in there. Yeah, I think we had John Goodman as Robotnik. We did. We, we did. Had John Goodman as That's Robotnik. That's a good one. Yeah, I forget what our, some of our cast for Sonic were. Yeah. It was kind of all over the place. You know what's going to actually be though? Hmm. It's going to be Danny McBride as like the as Shadow. That's what they're going to. Oh do. no, no, no. Yeah, they're going to they're going to play him up like that. Where it's like, oh yeah, let's get Danny in there. That'd be weird. <laughs> I know. That'd be a weird one. It would be weird because Danny McBride does one role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love him for it. It's a good role, but he does one role in everything he's in. How about this? Yeah. Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. <laughs> Shadow the Hedgehog. Wow. Wow. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> no, you, you do need something kind of edgy and brooding and like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'm still with you on like Christian Slater Christian would be Slater, so good fucking question. good. Dust him off. Dust him off. You Wherever know who, he's at. You know who's hot right now? Because of uh, Moon Knight? Uh, give it to me. Oscar? We can do Oscar Isaac. You want Oscar? You want OI? OI. I want OI. You want OI yeah. in there? He's already doing Solid Snake. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, if they ever fucking figure out how to film that shit. And... <laughs> that that also feels like an adaptation where it's like, oh, they could really get that one wrong. Oh, it's so easy to get wrong. But that's um, Jordan fought Roberts, right? Yeah. Okay. Not that he's adapted like anything like that so mm-hmm. far. He's just, you know, seems to be a big video game fan. He's done... Uh, Kong Skull Island, which people are pretty up on. Yeah. Although it seems like diminishing returns over the years. People look back and go like, eh, Kong Skull Island. So Peter Jackson directed that one and then he wrote the script? I'm confused. Is that right? No, you're thinking Peter Jackson's King Kong. See, it doesn't say Peter Jackson on the top of Kong Skull Island. You're right, you're right. Not to be confused with Peter Jackson's King Kong, the video game, (laughs) which is one of the best licensed video games out there. And people sleep on it, but you can play as a T-Rex. No, 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 sorry. You can play as a man hunting raptors. You can play as King Kong hunting Mm -hmm. T-Rexes, and it's perfect. It's a perfect game. Hmm. It's got everything. It's got everything, You've got me convinced. (laughs) Yeah. You've got me convinced. Um... I don't have a good segue for this one, but here's another quick news bite here that is making people upset. (laughs) Uh, Reggie Fils-Aimé, you know the guy, used to be big face guy, CEO of Nintendo. Hey, stepped down in 2019 that he retired. Well, he hasn't retired some bad takes, and he's saying that he's a believer in the blockchain. Oh, no, Reggie. This is an out-of-context quote. Quote, I'd have some takers here today if I wanted to sell my Animal Crossing Island. 
Uh, we'll, we'll reel it back here. Um, speaking at last month's South by Southwest event in Texas, as spotted by Nintendo Life, Fizeme said, quote, I'm a believer in blockchain. I think it's a really compelling technology. I'm also a believer in the concept of play to own within video games, he continued. And I say this as a player where I may have invested 50 hours in a game, 100 hours in a game, and there are some games where I have invested 300 hours. Look out. We're the same. <laughs> what a game. I've also spent hours in games. When I'm ready to move on to something else, wouldn't it be great to monetize what I've built? I bet I've had some takers here today if I wanted to sell my Animal Crossing island from the latest Nintendo Switch version. I'd like to be able to monetize that, he says. <laughs> Blockchain would allow that to happen, Fizeme said, but he later clarified that it needs to make sense for the player above all else. Quote, it can't just be an approach by the developer who thinks it's interesting or it's a way to make them money. In the end, it's got to be good for the player, but I see an opportunity interesting okay. people didn't like this no no i can th- imagine I can there's imagine. still such a heavy aversion to the words nft and blockchain and elon musk different thing altogether mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah what, what are your takes on this you know do you, is this surprising that another you know wealthy person has come forward and said they support this technology what if he's fucking like dirt poor and we don't know Mm. Why is he doing speaking events at South by Southwest? Boredom? He has a book coming out. He's got a book? Yeah. Look at that. Another thing. He, he needs to make some revenue <laughs> right now, man. He's, yeah. he's, he's hurting right I now. I forget the name of it, but I am interested in checking it out. Uh, I think it's from, from the blocks to the blockchain. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> it's called From the Bronx to the Blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was called Blowing My Cartridge. <laughs> now, you're asking me my opinion on... What a career businessman said mm-hmm. about the blockchain. Yes. Somebody who's been in business his entire life and his life has been based around... Business. Business. Money. And fiduciary considerations. Good word. Weird that he would be into another way to make money. <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised by it at all. Like, this is something no, that, you know, fits the bill. But, you know, I think we want to think Reggie is good and pure. And I don't think... Here's the thing that I say at work directionally i don't think he's wrong mm-hmm. i do think this is gonna you're gonna come at me the weirdest way right i'm not here for nfts i'm not about what's going on i'm not i don't really care about blockchain and it doesn't interest me as like a a consumer to say hey i'm gonna spend a thousand hours in minecraft building like um replicas of of uh, the Eiffel Tower mm-hmm. or what have you or all of the UFOs from Independence Day and turn around and say, hey, I want to make some money off of my hard, hard virtual work. <laughs> you know, like, uh, OK, that that doesn't really interest me too mm-hmm. much. Right. But I don't think he's wrong to say these things because we are fucking speeding in that direction. Yeah. We are speeding in a direction where, like, that's not going to be a crazy statement in 10 years to say, like, hey, man, you know, I, I even in something as simple as I put a lot of work into, like, my account, you know, in an MMO, mm-hmm. put a lot of work into this character, and then there's an option for me to say I can sell this character. Yeah. That's not going to be fucking nightmarishly or garishly crazy, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's the, the tethering with NFT and blockchain that makes it fucking mm-hmm. weird and, like just not salable in a way that makes sense for anybody but the people trying to scam you into getting on board with it right Mm -hmm. but yeah it's not a crazy thought to say uh i'm building out a character or i'm putting work into something and i want to turn around and flip it into some sort of auction place it's just that historically 
this has gone miserably. Yes, it has. <laughs> point, point, point of fact, uh, the auction house in Diablo 3 is the example of like, Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, Holy th- shit. This can go wrong. And if you don't have actual economists there to tell you, here's how it's going to go. And here's how you guardrail this. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, that shit can get out of fucking hand. Yeah. As far as value as a player, like, dude, I kind of want to just play video games. Yeah. That's, that's. That's the start and end of the agreement. I want to be told stories. Mm-hmm. I want to be a part of a story. I want to have the options to make my own story. I don't think an Elden Ring, man, wouldn't it be fucking cool to sell Torrent? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think that. Like, that's not me. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you know? But, but yeah, it's not crazy. People are going to come at him because I don't think he's saying, oh, I'm pro NFT. He's just saying, uh, play to, what was it? How did he say? Play to sell? Play to, play to earn? Play to fuck? <laughs> No, he he was basically saying he's like it. It's one of those things where if it's implemented in a way that kind of uh, benefits the player, then it's a good idea. But mm-hmm. it shouldn't be one of those things where it's a drive just to monetize it and make money for money's sake. Yep. Yeah. That's a that's a smart way to pose it. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't believe in anything that is designed just to make a corporation money for the sake of making corporation money. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's how most things are designed for corporations, mm-hmm. aren't they? Yeah. I, I mean, this is one of those things too, where it's you know, it's obvious that there is money to be made in this new technology and Mm -hmm. people from all different industries want to capitalize on it right especially in tech unfortunately it's not the most like like you said it's not the most consumer sellable thing and a lot of your general audience doesn't want to do anything with it they don't want to hear it they don't want to talk about it yeah and they ultimately see it as a bad thing because it's in a bad state right now it's a state that doesn't make sense to the consumer just like reggie is saying yeah it's like it doesn't make there's no value for the player right now It's, it's value for people that are scamming Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's no it's still very much like the wild, wild west of the the blockchain yeah. at this point. So we'll we'll see where it ends up going. Uh, two corrections here. I called Reggie the CEO. He was actually the president and then the COO of Nintendo. Uh huh. And then his book is called Disrupt- Nintendo of America, specifically by the Nintendo way. of America. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Japan wouldn't give him kings to that. No, no. Mushroom I, Kingdom. And then his book is called <laughs> Disrupting the Game from the Bronx to the Top of Nintendo. So. That's funny too. Yeah, <laughs> disrupting the game. Uh, do you want to talk about this last news item here? I do indeed. Let me open the dog again. So, uh, speaking of fiduciary considerations, mm-hmm. um, apparently WB Warner Brothers. You hear of them? Yeah, the, I know the ones. The House of Bugs and Elmer Fudd, and the other ones, and the Dancing Frog with the top hat, and the Nun. Oh, God, no, not Which the is nun. getting a sequel. Stop, why? The Nun 2 why? is happening. That's worse than what Reggie said. I know, I know. You want to burn down Reggie? We got to burn down the Nun, <laughs> i got to tell you. Um, well, that's actually one of the worst movies I've ever paid to see in a it's theater. It's so fucking bad. Yeah. I cannot believe that movie exists. Anyway, anyway, uh, WB apparently wants to, since they merged with Discovery or Discovery bought them out, which I'm always confused if Discovery is anything more than a TV channel about like nature and shit. Hmm. Yeah, apparently they're doing stuff. Interesting. Okay. So they want to offload their video game studios. That is Hmm. the murmuring around town. Imran Khan was talking about it online. He didn't write anything about it because he's like, I can't get solid confirmation. But Mm -hmm. there's a couple of companies you might know that are circling their studios like sharks. Hmm. That would include Sony and Microsoft. So the idea would be that Warner Brothers says, we don't have the overhead of maintaining these fucking studios and Mm -hmm. these video game whiners. But we're going to license out our IP still, which is a really hard sell 
Because, like, when you're thinking about, like, acquisitions, it's like, hey, I want to get everything, you know, your IP, too. Like, uh, look at Telltale, for instance. Mm -hmm. That company that gutted them like a fish and decided to call themselves Telltale. Mm -hmm. Because that's what people did to Atari for 35 years. Yeah. So, that's not happening here because there's no way WB is going to let go of stuff like, I don't know, Lord of the Rings? Mm Mm-hmm. The Batman. Instead, they say, hey, no, 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 you get these really good world-class studios like um, Avalanche Games making that fucking wizard game, mm-hmm. fucking uh, Rocksteady, mm-hmm. and NetherRealm. And, but you got to pay us a pretty fee if you want to use Mortal Kombat or any mm-hmm. of the other things. So. I, I mean, it's kind of in line with like Marvel games, like licensing, licensing their IPs to like, you know, Insomniac or Square Enix and yeah. stuff like that. Correct. It's just weird because it's like it's like if somebody were to buy Insomniac mm-hmm. thinking that they're going to get Spider-Man. No, you're not. You're going to buy Insomniac. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, they just have the licensing right to publish these games. But Sony and Microsoft understand this weird, weird deal and think, hey, it'd be pretty fucking cool if we had like, you know, our own fighter. Mm-hmm. Right. Imagine Sony buying up uh, the studio that knows how to make Mortal Kombat and saying, yeah, sure, we'll license some exclusivity there. God damn. That'd be so. insane. But no confirmation. All we know is that Sony did say that the acquisitions won't stop for them. Mm-hmm. The only difference between Microsoft acquisitions and Sony is Sony is, um, they seem to be buying up studios that they've partnered with directly. Yeah. Whereas Microsoft seems to be in the game of getting publishers, mm-hmm. like entirely. Like the Activision yeah, Blizzard Bethesda. Deal. Yeah. yeah. So, could be anyone's game at this point. I actually, I like Sony's approach. I think there's a lot of flash and wow and spectacle with what Microsoft is doing, obviously. A lot of flash of ass. A lot of flash of ass. Yeah. Phil, we're seeing it. but (laughs) Seeing the moon, Phil. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Sony having these relationships with studios, it it makes the acquisition feel more organic and natural because it's already like these studios at that point are second party and it's just a natural extension of their products. Right. Um, And then when they eventually, you know, get bought up it's just like well now they're just giving these studios money to just continually do what they already do well Mm -hmm. right which is awesome we'll see what happens right because like that famous save room we'll see (laughs) because i mean you know sony buying up um bungie right like that that's going to be an interesting thing to see develop right we're obviously going to get some platform shooters and some multiplayer stuff there games of service stuff we already kind of know that that's their plan for bungie um and we have really yet to see some of the fruition of like Microsoft's acquisitions, right? We'll talk about it towards the back end of the episode, but like, I still think it's going to be a, a good number of years before we see some of their acquisitions come to light in a way that is really beneficial for the studio. Who Microsoft? Yeah, uh, I would say sooner than later. Yeah. But in some some situations, yeah, it's going to be a while before mm-hmm. it pays off, right? But you know, that's kind of the long game that you make with money. Sure. But uh, it would be interesting. It would be very interesting. I, I don't know if this turns into like, oh, Mortal Kombat's exclusive to like one or the other. Mm-hmm. Or um, have we gotten that before? Like a uh, console exclusive or platform exclusive, rather, Mortal Kombat's? No. Yeah. No. That, Mortal Kombat's historically been multi-plat. That, yeah, right. Between mm-hmm. like Sega and then fucking Nintendo and then, you know, later PlayStation and Xbox. All over the place. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's kind of thing with the, the WB games. They've always been they're Everywhere. Not, yeah. They're literally everywhere but so. like you said it may turn into a deal like mm-hmm. we're insomniac and spider-man deal where it's like hey yeah. sony's sony's uh fronting the cost or sony and microsoft fronting the cost for the ip but mm-hmm. they also have the powerhouse studio that knows how to make that ip well yeah that 
that could be a future that happens. It'd be a cool thing. And we're somehow reverting back to 1992 all over again. <laughs> Yay, video games. Must be great for the consumer. <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> it sucks. It sucks a little bit, right? Mm. You know, because uh, I, I feel like... Um, I feel like multi-platform games are good. Mm-hmm. They are. They're good for the consumer. It yeah. allows you have the option to say, "Hey, I'm part of the. I already have the ecosystem. Uh, now there's a game that's coming into my ecosystem, and I don't have to like walk outside of it, right? I don't have to fucking shell out more because not everyone can. We're crazy. You and me are crazy. Mm-hmm. We're crazy gamers. We're insane. Right. We'll get the multiple platforms. I got fucking. I'm looking at six consoles in this room alone. I mean, you have every iteration of this gen's console. Yeah, I really. Do. I don't have an Xbox, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we'll get you there, bud. One day we'll get you there. We gotta play some. We gotta play some Game Pass games. That's true, man. I either have to get a PC, which is not gonna happen because I'm gonna get a Mac, or I have to get an Xbox Series S. You know, that's true. What? So, what do you think is at the core of WB just saying, "Hey, we don't really care about doing this anymore"? Like, do you think these games have not been profitable for them? That's a good question. I'm not sure because it feels like their game division has had um, some hits. big hits, huge hits, and upcoming uh, games yeah. as well. Like Monolith is working on uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, and apparently they're it, they're putting the Nemesis system in the Wonder Woman. Oh shit. Yeah, I read that too. Interesting. And I feel like the Lord of the Rings games, uh, Shadow of Mordor, I thought those were well received. Uh, Except the second one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, fir- <laughs> the first one, definitely. The yeah. second one was completely monetized into the fucking ground and people were just... It brings up a... Uh, it's a sore subject for mm-hmm. most people that have played it. Yeah. Um, and I lost interest in that game right away. Right away. I yeah. still haven't beaten it. I don't care. <laughs> Part one was good though. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it comes down to a, a matter of overhead. Maybe um, the leadership doesn't quite understand it. Maybe maybe they see um, more merit into playing the licensing game like a Disney situation instead mm-hmm. of saying, hey, we have all these in-house studios. Because maybe whoever is in charge of WB right now is like, we don't, we don't own video game studios. What the fuck? <laughs> Get this out of here. Right? Um, either way, it pays off in dividends for them. You know? So That's I, true. I think it's just a matter of overhead. Maybe they don't. <laughs> Maybe all the conversations around unionization and the video game industry, they're like, oh, no. <laughs> you know? God damn it. Imagine if NetherRealm tries to unionize. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So it can come down to a matter of like, let's just make it Microsoft or Sony's problem <laughs> while still making money on it in yeah. the back end. That's a fair point. That's yeah. a fair point. I blame multiverses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> multiverses broke their back financially. <laughs> Like Bane in the third Batman movie, they're just like we can't su- we can't support games anymore. This is too much. I forgot about multiverses. Too dude. much IP in one Fucking game. Forgot, but I'm I swear to God, I'm downloading that right away. I'm downloading that right away when it comes out. I need to know. I want to play as the nun. <laughs> oh fuck! Well, let's get into the meat and bones and potatoes. Yeah, let's of this episode. Get into what we're playing. Let us talk about the games we are. Oh, you said it. Fuck. I know, but you said it with more pizzazz. Yeah, more no, no, no. No, I'm going to license out my my statements to you from now on. Okay. <laughs> well, my segment of this part of the episode is going to be really short. Yep. I'm playing one game, and it is Horizon Forever West. <laughs> and it is insane to me that I've been playing this game for 60 hours, but it somehow feels like I've been playing it for 600 hours. Yeah. God, this game won't end. Are you having a good time? <laughs> yes and no. Um, okay. There, there are still parts that I feel like I'm very bogged down with. My 
complaints about the game remain ever the same. My enjoyment of the game still maintains where like where the game shines, I really, really enjoy it. I do love the aspects of exploration. Crawling slowly west and seeing their take on like this is, you know, Nevada, Arizona, this is California. Like I I think their take on this this world is is interesting. Some of the story that they're feeding me along the way to get there, I'm not still really bought into, right? Like the high sci-fi stuff. I don't know that I love it, right? Like this concept of uh, these higher Zenith characters and why they're there and, you know, they're kind of, um, their stake in the world and how it's kind of driving Aloy's actions. Um, I do love, though, the core cast a lot. Um, Aloy's, like, A-team of, of people that she's building kind of towards this end mission. It really does remind me of the first game where you're building alliances and kind of like Mass Effect in ways where you're building this small team of that that's your ride or die team and the sort of loyalty missions you do for them I think are really, really <laughs> compelling, right? Like the stuff you do with Zoe and, and Varo or I think his name is Catalo, the one-armed guy. Like mm-hmm. really, really cool missions and things you're doing to kind of build them in your base. Remember when um, Bioware was good? I do remember when Bioware was good. We're, we're still yeah. thanking Mass Effect 2 for the things that it's given us. Huh? Yeah. And, like, it's, it's game. one of those things where, like, those are the strongest moments of the story. Unfortunately, like, there's just unnecessary shit you have to wade through to get yeah. to the more rewarding parts, right? Just a lot of dialogue trees, a lot of just inane characters and ideas thrown at you left and right like a sci-fi story would um i dread going to that base i love seeing my 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 team (laughs) but i hate knowing that i'm going to be there for 40 minutes every time because everybody has five separate new things that they need to say then i have to go talk to gaia and then they'll have two more things to say each yeah um so yeah that stuff is still a bit of a slog to me but yeah I'm, i'm loving exploring i love the variety of machines um your toolkit it it does expand in really cool ways and i like how unique like they're lesser right the cauldrons and tall necks but i love how they're implemented in this game Mm -hmm. really really dope and everything is every situation where you're kind of either exploring your cauldron or finding out how to get to scale that next tall neck is kind of a marvel like they really did kind of like make sure that these weren't novelties that they're just kind of things you're trying to check off your open world checklist. They want them to be events and they're really cool how they, they implement those. So yeah, there's still a lot of wonder to be found in the game. I just, I want it to end already. It's so long. <laughs> and it, that, that's the say- mark of a good game. <laughs> it's saying a lot where I spent like 150 hours. No, maybe it was like 120 hours actually in my first run of Elden Ring and it didn't feel long. I've been playing this game on and off since February, and it just feels so long. But I'm nearing, I think, the final act, um, and we'll, we'll see how it ends. I think there have been some story beats that have been a bit more compelling for me, yeah. um, especially when new characters get introduced and things kind of in the world get flipped on its head a little bit. But yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to have my final thoughts kind of like, on it and and see where it maybe ranks for me with my my game of the year so far i'm thinking it's gonna land at a solid three just because it's like there is so much on display there that is impressive from a technical and graphical standpoint and uh yeah it's it it does good work it's just not necessarily like what i always want to be spending my time with like i feel like it's sometimes a chore to sit down with it 
And oh, I, yeah. I did say that, like, in the pantheon of, like, great, I guess, Sony first-party IPs that have, we've gotten from, like, PS4 to now, this might be one of my least favorite entries, which is... It's not to dismiss it or kind of knock it down. It's just like there's just so many other like great experiences that I favor over this one. This mm. is still by all means probably a nine, right? It's still like hits on every cylinder in every way, but it just it has so much bloat. And yeah. I feel like some of it could have been taken out to make for a slimmer experience. But that is kind of what happens with sequels, open world sequels, especially right where it's like, okay, we got to just pump it full of content. We got to make it huge. Some of it doesn't need to be there. Like, there are too many errands, uh, too many jobs. <laughs> I, I do like the side quests. I think the side quests are done very nicely. There's only one errand. Oh, ah! that's good. That's good. Oh, oh, but oh, oh. you beat it. You yep. platinumed it. Platinum. How did you feel about it by the end? I gotta tell you, I, I felt exactly as you did yeah. for a lot of it, um, especially in the first half of the game. Mm-hmm. But the second half of the game felt a bit better for me yeah um after taking like a big break to play elden ring and then go back to it i i think i was initially very frustrated with how how it was just such a bog standard kind of open world game where it's like oh my god a litany of fucking things Mm -hmm. in the ui the map is absolutely riddled with goddamn question marks that lead me to like oh here's a berry like fucking stop stop." i've been ignoring a lot of like the question marks and things Mm -hmm. on the map and mainly trying to golden path it until i come across side quests that are like character specific or critical to like what i want to be doing but Mm -hmm. yeah i'm ignoring a lot of like the camps and stuff but i will say the story got better yeah i think the story got a little more interesting when it um like it set up complications in the first act that like pay off in interesting ways in Mm -hmm. the second and third act for me and um big spoiler carrie ann moss carrie ann moss is like a big character in the game mm-hmm. at a certain point and she's one of the more interesting tethers to um i guess the antagonist of the of the game that mm-hmm. i thought was pretty cool um but yeah I, I i have the same problems a lot of bloat um just like it needs to be dialed back in some way and i also felt that the combat just wasn't where it needed to be mm-hmm. like it never felt quite amazing Mm-hmm. You know, and I always mm-hmm. felt like even fucking like 70 hours into the game, I felt like I was rocking almost the wrong equipment. But I'm like, I'm not finding the right equipment, the, the equipment that's giving me like the advantage. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that's because the game demands that you switch between so many different types of weapons of varying stats and skills and mm-hmm. power ups and elemental abilities that even the um, even the combat is just like cumbersome. It's not it's not it needs to be a little more straightforward. And I couldn't believe it. I was like I came off of Elden ring and i was like elden ring is much more straightforward combat than what you're trying to accomplish here that was kind of the problem i have with the first horizon as well where i felt like the radio wheel of weapons and options was almost overwhelming and it doesn't yeah. really lend to smart decisions in the moment sometimes it leads me to just kind of like rocking what i have right yeah. Um, I would fall back to the the bow and arrow because I was like, this this is the most sensical weapon, (laughs) like out of all the things I'm using. I guess once you find some of like the higher level weapon types and legendary weapons and find things that kind of suit your play style a bit more, it does open up like, um, I found this thing, it's like a bolt caster where it shoots off like rapid fire bolts, Mm. does crazy damage, right? Um, And I think... The coils were a thing in the first game where you could attach, like, certain stats and things to your weapons where it's like, oh, I can do, like, you know, corrosive poison damage or fire damage. That's still all very much carried over, but it 
it made for experiences where I'm like, I'm fitting weapons in a specific way where I really like the way it plays, but then I lean on that too hard. It doesn't make me want to experiment because I know no. this is going to work. No. And that plays against me because then when I get to the higher level areas, I'm like, well, shit, I'm still rocking this like rare bow when I could pr- probably be rocking like a extremely rare bow that has way better stats, but it's just like you get comfortable. Um, I feel like the game has like severe balancing issues with the combat yep. where like you come across like these machines that just fucking do so much in terms of successive attacks and damage and you're just getting pummeled like nonstop. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, their their AI is in like super aggro mode and yeah. it needs to be dialed back. It needs to be a little... It, the game feels unfair yeah. in a lot of aspects and it just doesn't feel good. Also, it doesn't feel good to be stuck in my radio menu for like 90% of a fight. Yeah. Because I need to, oh, i got to craft more ammo. Oh, i got to craft more ammo. Oh, i got to craft more ammo. I'm just like, just give me more ammo. Yeah. You're fucking ruining your own game, <laughs> right? Even with the best ammo pouch, I'm still fucking stuck in the radio menus, you know? Yeah. So yeah, the, there's, there's problems where, like that where I was like, I was frustrated with that. But I ended up liking some of the side stories. I definitely liked um, the companion stuff a bit more. Mm-hmm. You end up finding a character later on who is, uh, what do they call him? Uh, a seeker or a... Um, you're playing this now. Mm-hmm. Aldi? Aldi is the character? The woman that you meet that has a focus. Oh. What's her name? Uh, I forget. Ada? Ava? <laughs> I forget. There's so many names. I Okay, so yeah. I liked her character because she she is like very invested in what they call the legacy, which yes. is like everything to do with uh, human history before this apocalypse that occurred. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's interesting running into her and you find out that she has an older model of the focus mm-hmm. and therefore there's a bunch of data that's just like forbidden to her because it's not the software is not compatible yeah. and so uh, Aloy ends up helping her and unlocks this new world and like at first she's very much like oh I'm stuck in this through line of there's certain knowledge that's forbidden and there's certain knowledge I, I, I shouldn't go after and then she starts to realize like oh seems like uh seems like our leaders are just kind of uh kind of setting these rules on their own behalf and they're Mm. being a little more self-serving than I thought. And it ends up being these interesting situations with her where you get to watch her grow as a character. Yes. Like alongside you. And I was like, that's really cool. And you get a few moments like that with the other characters too. And so that's the stuff that I latched onto and really enjoyed. And again, I love the exploration of the game. Like it feels good just moving around Mm -hmm. in that open world and it's technically impressive. But yeah, my two biggest drawbacks are like the combat doesn't feel great and also Aloy as a character is way too monotonous. Yep. Super monotonous. <laughs> super super onerous about her like her mission. And it ends up just she feels like disassociated with everything. Mm-hmm. Like somebody would be like, Oh, look how exciting this old world technology is and she'd be like, Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know? She seems like really jaded about everything and super put upon whenever you fucking like present new information to her yeah Uh, her name is alva by the way alva thank you yeah she'll be like oh i have no time for this and it's like dude yeah you do yeah and so it it history repeats itself daniel Mm -hmm. it has the mass effect 2 problem Mm -hmm. which is when you have this um world ending threat a sense of urgency gets in, injected into the story where mm. your character's like, oh, I don't give a fuck what you're saying. I got to go stop the yeah. Reapers. I got four months to do this. Yeah. And that's what happens here. Like Aloy is just like, shut the fuck up, peon. I need mm-hmm. to go save the world. And that, that that's her interaction with everyone. And it's fucking boring. Mm-hmm. It's really boring. Like she, Aloy doesn't have that sense of like, oh, wow, that is kind of cool. Or any anything other than just I'm existing under the burden of my own responsibility. And it's like, 
Buffy season six all over again. <laughs> there was one interaction um, where there's a repeat character from the first game. I think her name is Talana. And you're doing like a oh, side yeah. quest with her. And it's kind of like a chain of side quests. And you get to the end of it. And it is one of the more heartfelt ones where you actually do feel like because they have a sense of history together. Um, I think she used to be at the old hunting grounds. Like she was part of that hunting clan. Um, and you do a mission with her where like, she's kind of torn up about it at the end. And like, she has a normal human reaction for once to this character. And it's (laughs) like, wow, it's nice to see you have a sense of empathy and actual care for a character that isn't like, fuck you. We got to go. Yeah. Something. Um, God. So a big miss with Lloyd's character in this one. Yeah. and, And it's not even to say that like, I don't even know. Fuck. It's it's a tough one. She's she's easily the least interesting character for me in a game of very interesting characters. Um, I think, again, the core cast is really strong and there's some really compelling performances and story beats with these characters. And yeah, the, the Alva stuff, I was like, oh, this is a really cool like juxtaposition uh, and worldviews on what's happening with the technology and, and how people mm. view it. And uh, I think that that's some of the the better parts of this game, especially as some of the characters learn how to use the technology is how it shifts their worldviews and how it kind of like, kind of pulls them out of like their cloister of like, Oh, this is how we saw things before. And now, Oh, there's so much more potential and possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say sometimes the game is just throwing names at you a lot of times <laughs> between the clans and characters. And some of that becomes kind of like background noise, but when it has some real in focus, it is at its best. And yeah. I, I will say the story in the second half, I'm a bit more engaged by than some of the setup stuff. So Yeah, the setup did not work for me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that one through and through. So yeah, it's kind of sad. I really enjoyed Horizon, the uh, the first one. Zero yeah. Dawn. This one, uh, way less so. I, I think it's a visually better game. Mm-hmm. I can't say much else is better than the first game. Yeah. I really can't. Like, I, I, I just enjoyed part one through and through. In this one, I, I, I feel like there's, like, a resistance to it mm-hmm. when I'm playing. I'm just like, ugh. There's things that are taking me out of this, or there, there's things that I just don't love that don't work for me. Yeah. So, you know, they're obviously going to make a part three. Yep. Because, you know, the end of the game sets that up. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of like, I, I hope you guys just listen to what people are saying. You, I don't need to be crafting every four seconds in the middle of a battle. In fact, I should never be crafting during a battle. Mm-hmm. That's something that video games need to get their head out of their ass about. Okay? I'm not playing an RPG. Mm. Right? I'm in the middle of an action battle. You need to fix that idea. <laughs> they need to fix the combat. They need to rethink what what they want to do with Aloy as a character. Because um, having her being this... I don't know. Having a god complex or a superiority complex over everyone in her fiefdom is the wrong way to go with her. Mm-hmm. I, it just doesn't feel right. Right? I miss that curiosity yeah. from Aloy. That that genuine enthusiasm to learning about what came before her mm-hmm. and not having it being like, yeah, these fucking monsters destroyed the earth. <laughs> you know, like fucking, oh God. But yeah, hopefully they uh, figure that out. Or, I don't know, make a new kill zone. <laughs> uh, we'll see. It's one of those things where I'm, where I stand right now, I'm not excited at the prospect of a third game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's unfortunate. And I know there, there's a lot more um, IP to mine from this, right? They're doing the VR game. Uh, I forget the name of it. Me too. Yeah. And, I mean, it's <laughs> obviously going to be a thing that they continue to do things with. And, I, you know, good for them, right? Like they... Hey, they, hey good for you, Gorilla. <laughs> Gorilla, you got you got a game that people really like and it's it's doing numbers for you. And 
it's a quality product, right? But yeah. there have to be some improvements with the character, the oh main character. God. Like, it sucks to be with a, a main character that I don't enjoy being with. Right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I I hope to finish it within the next week or two. I'm still going for the Platinum, just as I would any other game, because I have a sickness. And it, they make it pretty easy to, I think, do this one. Small favor. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, you have to get every audio log. You have to do all this. There's a few where it's like, okay... You have to do all the Talonex, you have to do all the cauldrons, but the nice thing about that is, like, you want to do those anyway. Yeah. And they're in smaller quantities. Cauldrons are really cool. Yeah. I, li- I like that this game at least looked at the the, the Far Cry slash Assassin's Creed, like, recurring activity thing mm-hmm. and said, let's actually make these, like, story set pieces yeah. instead. And that was such a smart idea. Like, every Talonex you meet is not just like, oh, just climb it and have fun. It's like, no, 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 you got to figure out a puzzle or it's a, you got to meet people or something. I, I like that they did that. Yeah. I need more of that in my open world games, mm-hmm. right? Open world games that defy expectation. The rest Good of this point. game doesn't. <laughs> no, no. And I had a thought, too, with, like, Sony first-party games that explore this kind of, like, um, open world sense, right? I think of a lot of their entries. I think of Days Gone. I think of fucking The Last of Us. I think of Horizon, where it's like, god damn, you make these games that are in such, like, desolate, post-apocalyptic world sometimes. Mm. It's, it's becoming a little kind of by the numbers where it's like i kind of like a more thriving alive world uh in a modern sense like i'm looking at spider-man and i'm like oh my god i love what they did with this right yeah, like yeah, yeah. They, they made it feel very uniquely new york which is really cool but you know new york you need new york you know you need unique new york nailed it they used to be our warm-up back in the day yeah, yeah. um but i will say the game to the end is still carrying me with a sense of wonder like i am always curious to know like what their take on Do this feel new wonder when region you play video is going to be when i walk in there there should i expect that daniel is in wonderment <laughs> oh my god look, look at nevada but wow. yeah uh by the next time i sit down and talk to you hopefully i will be done but yeah. <laughs> i hope to beat yeah. this game that is my to the moment what i'm playing you're playing yeah. quite a bit more so lay some of it on me please i will lay on you <laughs> And a lot of these games you've been playing on stream, right? Yeah, I stream a lot. Save, save for one game in particular. Um, Yeah, that's true, because I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't like streaming story-based games. Okay. I don't want to talk over a story, right? That's why I like doing things that are like open world or yeah. things that have like more gameplay game stuff, right? I, I really don't like streaming story games. Mm-hmm. That's for me. Mm-hmm. That's for me to sit down and just kind of cozy up, all right? <laughs> so, but... This is a game I have streamed, Vampire Survivors. It's time we talk about Vampire Survivors, which is a game that's going to end up on a lot of people's game of the year list. And I think general audience is going to be like, what? Huh. What? what? What is this game that ended up on here? And I'm here to tell you, Kevin from the Save Room. Hi, how you doing? Don't be a fool. Download Vampire Survivors. It's three fucking dollars. Mm. Okay? Oh, you're like, oh, did it come out in 2021? Maybe. Yeah. It's going to be this year's game of the fucking year. <laughs> I was looking at it. I was like, I think it came out in 2021. Don't matter. It came out in like December, though. Yeah. So that's kind of like, eh, it pushes mm. out, right? But uh, yeah. So here's the thing. It's a roguelike. It's an action roguelike. You have one big old map. It's almost infinite, kind of. Mm-hmm. K- kind of. They're doing some like old school tricks to make yeah. that happen. 
It is completely top-down. You have a little vampire killer man on the screen, one of many different characters that has different starter weapons. You mm-hmm. can start with a man with a whip. Oh. Sounds very familiar, what their influences yeah. are, right? And you're fighting a bunch of demons. It could be werewolves. It could be fucking ghosties. It could be just swarms of bats. Hmm. And they're just constantly and slowly descending upon you and you gotta whip them in the shape and when they die they leave little blue gems behind and these blue gems continue to fill up a leveling bar mm-hmm. okay you can level up many times but every time you level up in true roguelike fashion you have a choice between like three different skills or upgrades or additional weapons so i can start with a whip and add to it like oh i'm gonna throw a fucking cross and so there's a cross always like being thrown and rotating on the screen hmm. and the goal is to fucking vampire survive. <laughs> like the name beckons. <laughs> it's it, it's one of those games that like if you're a game designer, you're probably kicking yourself at not having made it yourself. Because mm-hmm. it's such a deceptively simple premise. Mm-hmm. It's like all I'm doing like if it, it feels like a game that belongs on like iOS, hmm. right? Where all you're doing is just I move my guy on the screen. I don't have to press any other buttons except for moving him around. Because hmm. like your weapons are like auto firing the entire time. Oh, okay. I don't have to tap X, I don't have to do anything. It's literally I'm like kind of like a twin stick situation. There's no twin. Well, yeah, I'm just like as a comparative set, like saying like twin stick games where all you have to do is move the stick and sure. shoot. Yeah. But there's no twin as in you only need one stick. You can play this on the fucking uh, Commodore. Oh, shit. <laughs> or an Atari. There's no buttons to press. <laughs> it's, it's super simple, but it is completely addictive because... It's easy to die. Mm -hmm. It's easy to get your health bar depleted if you get stuck in the middle of a horde. But there's so many ways if you stack on the right stuff, the right upgrades, the right, for instance, you get a, um, you can get garlic and the garlic uh, has an AOE constant damage field around you, like circling your character. Mm -hmm. And it melts lower, lower level enemies, like almost immediately. And then, you know how you can tell that something is stronger? It's Mm -hmm. just bigger. (laughs) <laughs> there'd be like a bigger bat <laughs> there'd like be a bigger visual. skull or a bigger tree man is coming at you and shit the game is so much fun just talking about it i'm thinking about how i want to play it right after we we're done podcasting like i probably even go to my computer and be like yep time to turn on vampire survivors again it's it's crazy to see the way you've kind of flocked to this game yeah and maybe it is that simple like turn off your brain and play it because it's just so much yeah. fun on a core gameplay level but yeah you'll sit down and just stream it for hours and yeah i was lots. surprised to see that they had done like a new content drop uh pretty recently right yeah so the the studio that made this is Ponkle. Punkle, and okay. from all intents i think it's like one guy okay apparently the game was originally coded using html5 Oh shit! Talk like it's like a flash game almost, right? This feels like a game that you would have found on like E-Bombs World back in the day. Oh, uh, like an old flash media game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and it was also uh, launched on itch.io or itch.io. Itch.io, yeah. I don't know how to fucking say. So yeah, they do all those bundles for like good causes. Yeah, so it was a free um, browser game from all the way back in March 31st of last year. So that was the official release. Fuck off, right? But <laughs> they released it on Steam. It's only two ninety nine. It's only two ninety nine. It's pretty cheap, and I've gotten more than thirty nine hours of enjoyment from this game. Wow! Yeah, Steam tells you your stats. Me, me, and Nick mm-hmm. are totally addicted to this game, and they keep on constantly updating it. They keep on adding characters. They keep on adding levels. They keep on adding enemies. They keep on adding power ups. They keep on adding trophies to get. Hmm. They will not stop. That's cool. It's this evergreen game. That's why I streamed it the other night because I was like, oh fuck, they have a new update. I gotta go in. <laughs> they added a dog that. Farts flowers. 
He just shits it right out of his body. I don't understand it. But it's cool to look at. <laughs> but it's fucking cool, man. And you're fighting all these Castlevania-esque enemies, like sprite enemy style, right? It's so good. It's so good. You have to play it. Everyone has to play it. I, I hope it comes out on console, but I can mm-hmm. understand why it won't. Yeah. Because it's a very PC, like, hey, I'm doing quick and dirty updates to this game constantly. Mm-hmm. It would be totally bogged down by the certification process. Yeah, console. that's what I was thinking, too, mm-hmm. Like, especially with Sony. Yeah, you'd never see updates for this fucking game, basically. <laughs> it would be, like, mm-hmm. once a quarter. Whereas, like, they're updating it, like, on the daily, basically. It, it, but it's so good, man. I'm having such a great time, dude. You get to a point where, like, you become just this fucking... This golden god of destruction. Mm-hmm. Like, you start simple where, like, I'm just throwing a whip out. Yeah. And you turn into, like, oh, hey, I have these birds that fucking go around me and start, like, nuking enemies. And you can level the weapons up, like, individually. Where, like, when you get a... When you level up, it'll tell you, like, hey, do you want to, like, um, upgrade your, your... I think you can go from, like, level 1 to, like, level 8 for mm-hmm. most weapons. And when you're fully upgraded in a weapon... It is destructive. Hmm. And they added this concept where if you um, get certain upgrades, like, uh, they'll do variations of your weapon. So you, so your whip that you're, like, launching out, you can turn it into a whip that does healing every time you hit a, a kill an oh, enemy. Oh, that's dope. So, like, shit like that. But you, it's all random, though. Mm-hmm. You can't decide this beforehand. It's all on the fly. It's a roguelike. Yeah. You know? It's an amazing game. Do you think it being a roguelike and playing in that kind of, like horde mode wave based sense really works in its favor yeah yeah oh yeah 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 i i, I think um yeah like when i say like roguelike and stuff people might think of things like uh dead cells mm. and stuff and think like oh it's like that like action like, platformer like it's not a platformer stuff. no <laughs> it's not like that there's no you are doing runs yeah. though um and you're trying to get as many level ups as possible within 30 minutes mm-hmm. yeah you have 30 minutes to fucking crush the map basically what happens if you don't do it within 30 minutes or, or what happens sorry what happens if you extend 30 minutes does it just end it ends at 30 minutes oh, okay you uh, death shows up and kills you at 30 minutes oh dope so get as strong as possible within 30 minutes okay. and try to get the highest score basically. that's cool okay. yeah it's very cool very cool game yeah super and, cool super arcadey yeah i see it lets you play your own music too I'm just doing that. Oh, you're just... Never mind, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just do that. Okay. Yeah, I just, like, throw on Spotify Fucking lo-fi beats to kill vampires, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I stream it, like, I try to put on, like, uh, things that I won't get DMCA'd for. <laughs> so I've, I've reverted to just, like, uh, listening to Castlevania soundtracks, because it fucking fits. Yeah. You know? So I'm, like, listening to Vampire Killer. While I'm, you know, funny enough, you're not really fighting vampires in this game. Hmm. Weird. <laughs> Maybe that'll be a later content drop. Yeah, maybe. You're fighting you're, actual vampires. You're fighting more skeletons and bats than you are fighting uh, uh, vampires. I'm kind of waiting for when that happens. <laughs> whatever. Listen, whatever. I've been told time and time again that skeletons are some of your favorite enemies in games. They are. Yeah. They are in the top three for sure. Top three. Maybe even number one. Wow. Maybe even number one. You could do so many, so much with bones. <laughs> so much with bones. And everybody's got them too. Yeah. They're always in you. Yeah, this Wherever game go, they're always looks cool. It looks fun. It looks super arcadey and it looks challenging. Um, yeah. Definitely feeds that kind of gameplay style of, ooh, just one more run. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That kind of addictive Absolutely. style. Absolutely. And that's how you can lose time instantly, right? Because, like, it's 30 minute blocks. So, like, dude, like, I can waste four hours just playing and be like, oh, fuck. Oops. And all you're doing is, I'm whipping vampires. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Bones. <laughs> but yeah, I wish you could play it. You should play it. It's very fun. Maybe one day I'll just open a browser and play it. <laughs> open up that browser get that itch you going on 
Another game that I've been playing, mm-hmm. or games, plural, yes. I went back to the Uncharted games, specifically the uh, Legacy of Thieves collection. So Ooh. the PlayStation 5 upgrades for both Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, and Uncharted The Lost Legacy, the spin-off starring Chloe and Nadine. Um, and I'm very glad that I did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uncharted 4 is one of my favorite games of all time. Wow. It is a fantastic fucking game. It is... Probably the second best game from Naughty Dog. The first in my mind being The Last of Us Part One, hmm. um, and it was—it's been a treat going back and especially people that haven't seen these games before. Like I've streamed both of them, mm-hmm. right? And it was a quick stream arc. It took me five streams to do both games across yeah. two weeks, right? And because Uncharted Four is pretty lengthy game, I would say it's about what like. Uh, 12 hours? Uh, Maybe a little it, bit more? Yeah, it feels like a 12 to 15 hour game. 12 to 15, yeah. It doesn't help that some of the latter parts of the game feel very long. Like, it, I think it drags towards the end, but... It, I didn't feel that. Maybe it felt that way for me, because I think the first time I played the game, I played it on hard, and some of that was just brutally hard for no oh, reason. Oh, yeah, what? Yeah. No, what? <laughs> no, I didn't play it on hard. That, I did. Yeah, I'm just yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. that was my experience. But I, I felt like some of the locations and, and the latter parts dragged, for me personally, but I still no, think wait. it is my favorite Uncharted game, so. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, no, it, it's a great time. I think Uncharted 4 really cements itself as the one that kind of actualizes Nathan Drake as a character and mm-hmm. less so of a, an archetype. And I like that it, it it kind of like, it feels like one of those movies that goes back to a franchise after a long time. And I know that like 3 and 4 weren't like released that far from each other, mm-hmm. you know, like a five year gap, but... Yeah. It does feel like, you know, the end cap to a legacy. Mm-hmm. You know, you go back and you're actually diving into, like, what makes Drake Drake. Mm-hmm. And having this kind of foil in his brother Sam really demonstrates, like, oh, shit. So this is what's wrong with this guy. Or this is why he's like this. Mm-hmm. And the stakes feel a little harder. The character work feels really baked out. Mm-hmm. Like, the stuff with Elena is really, 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 really good. I, I, I adore the story in that game. I really, really think it's um, like the height of that studio's powers. Oh, yeah. you know? Yeah, they're tapping into some really special stuff with that game. And I mean, one, two, and three are like, they're Hallmark games for the yeah, PS3 era. Like, they define that generation, <laughs> but especially for Sony. But I feel like some of the story beats and character beats weren't always there for me. No. I was compelled every time I saw characters interact in, in Uncharted 4. And especially like, the Elena and Nate stuff, it's like, oh my god, this is like, there's emotional stakes here. You feel like actually like bad in moments where it's like, mm-hmm. holy shit, I wish Drake hadn't made this decision. Um, and then, yeah, the, the foil of Sam, it's like, god damn, like it's it's fun to see them together, but it's like you almost don't want to be led by Sam in certain instances because you mm-hmm. know it's just leading to bad decisions for Nate. Right, because um, Sam didn't get the opportunity to grow up. He yeah. didn't have Elena and Sully to help him grow up. Yeah. Sam is exactly who Nate was in part one. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, a little shittier, a little dirtbaggier, but like still Pretty dirt the whole like all that matters is his treasure and the scam of the treasure and going forward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having Nate have that realization, like it's 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 kind of amazing to see in this game. It's kind of amazing to see a character that was kind of um, a little more one note, a little more uh, cartoony. Mm-hmm. actually fleshed out into a human being in this game. And I think what really serves that is the quote-unquote slow opening. Mm-hmm. The fact that you get this kind of just pure, not gameplay heavy, slow open with where is Nate outside of his adventures mm-hmm. and seeing that he's just kind of bored with his life. 
There's the first five, like the first five chapter setup is like it really isn't a lot of like heavy gameplay or no. action set pieces. It is like yeah, that slow roll character work. through his life, and I I was kind of profoundly moved by it. I'm like holy shit, like yeah, seeing those like kind of humdrum moments where he's making dinner with Elena and they're yeah. playing Crash Bandicoot and betting great against moment. each other. Like, great, it's, great it's moment. Like wow, or even seeing him do the walk through the attic where he's like looking through like you know his, his history, his previous adventures, and like as a fan of all the games, it's rewarding to kind of like see it all laid laid out in front of you. Whereas him, yeah. it's like oh, this is just my home. It, yeah, it really does feel like an end cap to to uh, Nate's uh, journey, and I yeah. really hope that don't make a sequel starring Nate. Like mm. make it sure, make another Uncharted if you got to, which they will. Everyone fuck off. They're going to make another Uncharted. Sure. There's no way that they're going to be like, time to put the series to rest. No way. <laughs> That's not how money works. <laughs> how naive. <laughs> they're going to reboot it. They're going to do this on something else. They're going to mm. they're gonna give us his daughter, probably. Yeah. Right? Just be prepared. I know people are like, oh, make a new IP, Naughty Dog. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I, I'm s- very hungry for a new IP from yeah. Naughty Dog because I don't want to see them just beat their franchises into the ground. Right. They don't want to see them become Bethesda. That, I mean, they're, they're doing it... For good reason, right? And like these yeah. are IPs that like are amazing and sell for the company. But yeah, I I want to see something new from them. Very bad. I don't want to see them remake The Last of Us Part Two in two years. You know, like they will. But but yeah yeah yeah. So Part Four, fucking amazing. The Lost Legacy, a little less amazing. Okay. It that's a game. Talk about a game that feels like it drags. I think the opening of that game drags pretty hard. Okay. And it does this thing where it's like okay, it it. It lets you do the open worldy parts, kind of like how they, you know, did in part four. They start with that. That's some of the weakest parts of Uncharted for me. I agree. Honestly, like I don't think those games handle open world segments or collectibles and expo- exploration in interesting ways because yeah. none of it means anything. No, it's not the strength of, yeah. of the series, and I, I get why they would want to do it but it just doesn't it feels out of place in uncharted yeah. a little bit whereas like you look at the tomb raider games like the crystal dynamic tomb raider games and like holy shit i want to explore in those games yeah. because i have stuff i'm leveling and stuff that like makes environmental stuff feel more engaging well the environment feeds into itself too yeah. whereas like your globe trotting in uncharted it doesn't you never get a chance to actually yeah. breathe in an environment that feels cohesive true right? yeah like you're yeah. doing these Metroidvania things in mm-hmm. Tomb Raider where it's like, okay, I'm living with my tool set. Where it's like Uncharted, it's like, I pick up a gun and I throw it away and I pick up the next one. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't fit. So, like, that's how um, The Lost Legacy starts. And I found myself kind of bored when I was first playing it. Uh-huh. And it does this critical error where it's like, let's pair together Chloe, mm-hmm. series favorite that hasn't been around since, what, two and three? And here comes Nadine, the, the quote unquote villain of, four. of part four. Yeah. But the problem is, that frictional point, that good cop, bad cop kind of thing doesn't work because Nadine is not Chloe's villain. Mm. That's Sam's villain. Yeah. That's Nate's villain. So it doesn't work because you're, you're supposed to be like kind of like, oh, what's going on here, Shoreline? And it's like that dynamic doesn't work there because they have no reason to dislike each other. Mm-hmm. And then Sam comes in later in the story, and then it's like, okay, this works a bit more when they start moving together, like, in a trio. Yeah. The second half of The Lost Legacy fucking crushes Mm. as good as a lot of the peaks of Part 4. Okay. So it it turns it all around. And you know what the big difference is? It gets back to being on-the-rails Uncharted, big set pieces that are curated, but, you know, interactive to a degree that we know and love from all other Naughty Dog games. And kind of kind of writes the wrongs of where, like, The Lost Legacy was going in the first half. Hmm. So still a very admirable companion piece that I definitely recommend that you play. If you mm. haven't, I still haven't played, played it. it, yeah. Because it. it came out in 2018, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And you had a copy that I've, all intents and right purposes, there. have been meaning to just borrow from well, you. Right there. But I think, yeah, with the PS5 upgrades, I'll probably yeah. now play it. Right. Fun fact about the PS5 upgrade, by the way. It's mm-hmm. $10 to get the upgrade if you own a copy of either game. Mm-hmm. And you get access to both. You don't have to You don't have to take out the Uncharted 4 disc to go get the Lost Legacy. Mm. You just get both. Oh, They're cool. there. So with the upgrade, do you notice any like kind of primary differences? Because it's like, I don't... I, I played Uncharted 4, I think, in 2020 again. That was like a small stream arc I was doing. And mm. like it still looked as good good as it did when it came out like i didn't notice sure. any major bugs or hitches or performance issues but like what what do you think are some of the major kind of uh pros of uh, the um the upgrade huh it i think the lighting is probably a bit better draw yeah. distances are better um everything kind of moves smoother it runs at a buttery 60 frames okay. but um i i wouldn't say it's like uber heightened or anything yeah. it, it just cleans it up a bit okay think about the jump between last of us and ps3 and last of us remastered for ps4 mm-hmm. it's kind of like yeah i can kind of see it you know yeah. it's 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 mainly the stable frame rates that probably are the okay the big selling points for it but i i don't know i i said to myself there you know i played it in 2016 thought uncharted 4 was the best looking game mm-hmm. like ever and it still is pretty goddamn good looking yeah. um but yeah I, I didn't notice anything that was just like whoa mm. like no it looks great Runs smooth. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, nothing crazy. Yeah, nothing glaring because it's like you look at the original trilogy and then when they did the, uh, I forget what the collection is called. Is it just called the Drake Collection mm-hmm. where they did the remasters? There, there are noticeable differences because it's yeah. like you're you're doing a fucking PS3 collection that was then remastered by Bluepoint and they they go in and they clean up really nicely when it comes to technical performance. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but recommend it yeah i i want to play it i want to get into it again um and that that is an interesting point thinking that like nadine and chloe aren't like foils to each other and almost have no history with each other so like i'm interested to see how they even kind of cross paths uh conveniently yeah (laughs) that's the answer pretty conveniently um but yeah moving on to the last game i want to talk about before we get to the topic life is strange true colors a wow. game that you finished, uh, what, earlier this year? No, it was uh, October of 2021. That's weird. Because it was... Didn't it come out in December 2021? No, did not. Did, did it come out in October? I think it came out sooner. It came out like September of 2021. It was on my game of the year list last year. It was my number four. He's going to check me. No, because I wrote in the doc that it came out in December. That's why I'm checking. Oh. No, yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah, it came yeah, to Game yeah. Pass. August. Came out in August 2021. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. I think it was like a newer thing to Game Pass. That's fucking weird. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you played this. I had been recommending it pretty heavily. I think I, from where I stand, I think it is the best Life is Strange, like, end to end. Um, I was surprised that you didn't just borrow my copy and that you played it on Game Pass. But, you know, tell me about it. Tell me about your 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 few days with this well, game. Part of that reason was because I haven't played a lot of like three or sorry, um, Series X specific games on my Xbox. Oh, OK. Beyond like Halo Infinite. I've been playing like a lot of old shit on Game Pass. Yeah. Like, you know, fucking a, like what did I just play? Dante's, Dante's Inferno. Inferno. <laughs> here's my, here's my one line. Fantasy 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's my one line recommendation for Dante's Inferno. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> And you also played Lightning Returns. Yeah. Yeah. Games Pass is fun like that, where it's like, oh, let's just kind of pull stuff from the the annals of, like, game yeah, history. Yeah. Um, Life is Strange True Colors. I really ended up enjoying this game, and it got off to a really slow start for me. And um, another reviewer actually put it in a very good sense, um, or their words were better than mine, of what was wrong immediately to me, is that 
there is an overt niceness to the characters in town uh, in the beginning of the game that does not juxtapose cleanly with the heavier, like, dire situations that you end up with with Alex. Mm -hmm. And, like, it doesn't. It doesn't make, like, it doesn't fucking jive right. And to this day, I'm still like, it doesn't... God damn it, every town has its secrets, and this town is everyone's just fucking nice except for one guy. Like, come on. My counterpoint to that would be yeah. it is because it takes place in this, like, very close-knit kind of communal mountain town. Mm -hmm. And, like, that shit exists, right? We saw that when we went to fucking Colorado. People weren't that fucking nice. No, they were. People they weren't were. fucking like, hey, come in, fuck my daughter, sleep the night. <laughs> no, no way, dude. Fuck my wife. Yeah. No, the they fuck? were, though. When fucking our friend Brandon took us to this, like, small mountain town, like, everybody was nice. It was, like, very, like, hello, neighbor. So, like, it doesn't uh, feel too far off. Fake news, fake Some news. Some of it maybe feels, like, <laughs> A little like a caricature of a town, yeah. but like it, it feels like it could happen. But anyway. Yeah, well it fucking skeeved me the fuck out. <laughs> okay. I was like, oh, this is weird. What's going on here? Yeah. This this can't be what the writers think life is like, right? But then it gets better. Yeah. <laughs> then it gets way better. Um so Alex Chen, interesting character. Character that is moving what was it? Haven Springs? Yep. Uh moves to this town because her brother found her after years of both of them being in like the um foster care system. Mm -hmm. And he is setting up a life for himself out there, a strange one, mm -hmm. life is, and invites her to live there. And so you're an outsider kind of coming in, and even she's kind of maybe a little off-put to how everyone is just so warm and welcoming. But mm -hmm. she has an interesting ability because this wouldn't be a video game if she didn't. Mm -hmm. Uh she is in She's uh, how, an empath? She's an empath. Yeah, there we go. I was like, so she has a, this ability where she could really, really feel other people's feelings. Mm -hmm. So if you were feeling heightened moments of either sadness or anger, she visibly sees it as an aura mm -hmm. in the game and transfers those feelings to herself even. So if you're angry, she's angry. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of interesting that way where you you can even mind read in this game. The mm -hmm. game like acts like empathy is also completely hearing thoughts, which is funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're a telepath, Alex. Hearing thoughts, <laughs> manipulating people, like yeah. doing all this shit. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a, a keen, interesting way to use like the idea of we need to have a power gimmick in these stories. But somebody also made a good point where this story is so good, it didn't even need the powers to work. Mm -hmm. it, it's an interesting flavor. It is, but there's enough going on with the character work and the kind of um, eventual backstabbery yeah. that like the story is strong enough without it, but it does lead to very, very, very cool parts in the game. I will say one of my favorite parts of the power element, and it seemed very corny on the onset, but I think they mm. develop it so well because it is so integral to Alex as a character, is the fact that it isn't a learned ability. It's something she's been living with and trying to kind of come to grips with how she wants to develop it, yeah. use it or not use it. Um, and there's a lot of restraint with that. So like to see her come to grips with it and struggle with it is fascinating right it's kind of like we're doing the in media rest thing where it's like oh she's been living with it for years so yeah i like yeah, that yeah, a yeah. lot I, I like that too i and i like the 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 cast and crew that you end up with um the game feels a bit smaller than previous life is strange games mm -hmm. but i think that works in its favor in that you really get to intimately know these people mm -hmm. and you end up on what you refer to as side quest in this game where <laughs> like you can miss shit very easily not everything is drip fed to you you have to like explore a little bit to learn about these people and pick up like kind of context clues about who they are based on their environments, whether it's the place that they work or maybe something that they've touched that means something to them. Mm -hmm. And you're given insights to everyone around you and it could lead to um, 
it changes the story by the fifth chapter where you can have people on your side kind of pledging allegiance to you because you've helped them because you understand them more. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really, really cool. And it ended up being this thing where, like, I just enjoyed the minutia of conversation with these people. Mm -hmm. Like, whereas a game, like, for some reason, the fucking sci-fi open world horizon forbidden west i just wanted people to shut the fuck up yeah. i wanted to learn more about everyone around me because they're so richly written mm -hmm. in this game they're 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 people maybe overly nice to begin with but then the end of act one fucking flips that script and i love it yeah in classic life is strange fashion where it's like you thought you knew what the story was huh huh <laughs> so i ended up really really digging it um, I, I like some of the choices that you can make with your powers. Mm -hmm. Um, I made one that you didn't, um, with a character who was begrieved after her boyfriend's death. I decided to take her hatred away from her and ended up fucking her up, dude. Yep. She ended up like being like, kind not a basket case, but just kind of like, it's like somebody who's taking medication for the first time where they're just like, I know I should feel, but I don't. Yeah. There's kind of like a mutedness to their world. Yeah. I, I, I kind of fucked up with that character. Oops. It's it's interesting because <laughs> like you get the ability to kind of alter these people emotionally mm -hmm. and then Alex there and takes on the power and it kind of fractures the world in interesting ways. But there are certain decisions where I'm like, I played it very neutral. Yeah. Where I'm like, I'm going to sometimes use these things that I've learned from overhearing people's thoughts to mm -hmm. maybe use conversational tracks, but I'm going to let them live <laughs> with what they are because I, I was afraid of how it would like change the ending right 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 i came to haven springs to fuck shit up. yeah you did okay yeah you did i came in there to make a difference in people's lives yeah. i wasn't there to be the fucking become a background uh plant mm -hmm. <laughs> i was there to live how? life is strange and my i got plenty of strange for you <laughs> all right how'd you feel about alex as a main character i loved her i yeah. I, I felt it's a game that's interesting where it's like you are the protagonist, but you end up falling in love with them. Mm -hmm. In a way, she... She's endearing. She's an endearing character. Um, <laughs> some of the writing is just so fucking corny, though. Like, mm -hmm. she'll have, like, a cute little thought about everything she sees. And it's just like, oh, okay, come on. <laughs> Sometimes the writing get, gets too saccharine sweet for mm -hmm. my sensibilities. But I do like that they leverage, like, there's a darkness to the story mm -hmm. that I really, really enjoyed. Um, especially with the looming specter of a... A mining corporation that is puppeteering this town, basically. Mm -hmm. And you know me, I'm a Resident Evil fan. Yep. I, I yeah. love, I love a story about corporate corruption controlling a town. It's, uh, it's how you get me. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed her as a character. I enjoyed seeing her struggle. I guess is like the the bad way to put it. But it, no, you're you're right in that she is struggling with far more than the fact that she is kind of a like a foster kid mm -hmm. out there she she's different than other people she views herself as a freak and part of um her coming to haven springs is learning for the first time how to make a home for herself mm -hmm. how to surround herself with people that do accept her for once and i think that's a story outside of her you know her powers anyone could relate to mm -hmm. um and you know, Alex Chen gives you hope that maybe uh, if you feel lost, uh, if you're a wayward soul, that you can kind of carve out even just the smallest slice of life for yourself, too. Mm -hmm. I love this story. I really, really enjoyed this game. I I have some problems with some of it. <laughs> yeah, you do. I have some problems with the whole fucking indie hipster vibe that uh, it gives you, off. Every other second, you're like, God, I hate having to stare out over this fucking bridge at this lake while fucking... 
indie folk music plays. Yeah, what is this maudlin bullshit? <laughs> I mean, there's moments that are cool, like her her and her girlfriend, Steph, uh, or I made her my girlfriend, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, are playing Blister in the Sun by Violent Femmes for the uh, town festival. That was a great moment. Yeah. That was fucking great. But, like, when she sits on a pier and, like, a little bit of Phoebe Bridgers comes crooning in, I'm just like, God damn, I couldn't help but roll my eyes. I was like, it's a bit much. It's a little heavy-handed, guys. A little heavy-handed. But I get it. That's the tone of Life is Strange. It's always going to be that kind of you know pixie girls need a game too i guess you know <laughs> well it's also just like kind of moments of introspection for her too where it's like it's not always like crooning and playing like in the background of everything you're doing it is like these moments where you're like sitting down and reflecting on like an interaction you had or something and it stays as long as you stay yeah. with it like you can pull away from it you don't have to listen to an entire fucking phoebe bridgers album by the pier yeah and the, in, in the same way that they didn't have to pick a starbucks uh, lo- lobbies playlist <laughs> as well but, yeah you know. that's fair whatever <laughs> yeah I, I look at the soundtrack for the first life is strange which had you know a lot of diversity on there you had fucking i think explosions in the sky had a sound song on there and it wasn't just yeah. like yeah it wasn't just kind of female fronted indie acoustic rock which i like by the way but <laughs> i yeah. know you do i know this yeah. probably fucking dance on your sensibilities for me it fucking kicked me in the dick <laughs> yeah some of it was i think very nicely placed some of it was a little jarring but yeah it's a little too maudlin for me a little too maudlin but it, you know that kind of gets downplayed as the story kicks up a bit mm-hmm. more when you get from chapter three and on but yeah great moments i really don't want to spoil a lot of the story because yeah. people should really just experience it for themselves like there's so much we can like deep dive on it but like yeah. there's there's no point. I I played this game completely off stream, and that was the right way to do it, mm-hmm. where I could just like focus and be with these characters and just kind of take it as it comes. And um, yeah, ends up. Uh, I I agree. I totally agree. It is the best Life is Strange game through and through. Mm-hmm. Through and through. Yeah, in terms of like performance, in terms of quality, I mean, the first game took me by surprise sure. because it's like, wow, this is a, like a really unique story, and like getting to play in that field, what they think Max and her power was something I hadn't really ever experienced in a game yet, Mm -hmm. especially in that episodic format. And, like, the pacing was really great. But I think this tells a cleaner, more intimate story. For sure. Um, And the pacing is really great. Like, from episode to episode, it ramps up in a way that, like, by the end, you're like, shit, there's some really interesting stakes here. They're not world-ending stakes, mind you, but, like, they matter to the characters that you've been with, so... Mm -hmm. I hope I find my Haven Springs one day. I think you will. I hate Seattle. <laughs> Piece of shit place. Well, I Ruined will say... by corporations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's on Games Pass, so if you haven't played it yet, go check it out. It's a really, really great experience. Probably, like, some of the best 8 to 10 hours I spent with a game last year. Yeah. It's a great game. Well, let's get on to this old taparoonie, huh? Yeah, huh? so... What's the top going on here? <laughs> We could do that normally. <laughs> we can say, let's get on to the topic. <laughs> yeah, so the the kind of impetus for this one is like we're kind of stretching into the next eight months of the year where it feels a little barren and scattershot for my interests. There's always games coming out, but not stuff that I think I'm wholly compelled by. Um, obviously, we're in this backlog spell <laughs> this right now. Is this an Exorcist movie? Right? I'm wholly compelled. <laughs> I'm compelled by the power of video games. Jesus. Um, right? Like, we're doing backlog stuff right now. And when, yeah. Even thinking of, like, you know, when I come off Horizon, I'm like, well, I guess I'll play four Kingdom Hearts games, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we want to take the time to kind of, like, talk about some of the games that are coming out 
in the next eight months that we might be excited about and then kind of give some other predictions and whatnot so we're officially in may we gotta pay rent by the way oh good idea good idea yeah good idea good idea if you want to live here so let, let, let's i scroll down the may here okay it's gonna be may let's see what's going on oh sifu's getting a vengeance edition i'm not sure what that means so that i think that's the newest content update that they're doing where they're introducing two new modes one is a very extreme difficulty and then one's like a student mode where it's just kind of like an easy mode essentially mm. um and they're adding just a few new things to it so that's cool that, it is it's a pretty stylistic fun game i hope people get to onboard to it more than uh i guess it wasn't as friendly when it came out yeah <laughs> uh what, uh, that's definitely on my game of the year list for sure sifu mm-hmm. it fucking kicked ass it, yeah it's my number two right now oh god things are still coming to stadia yeah i was looking at overcooked all you can eat so yeah so we're looking at a list on game informer by the way yeah. shout out to game informer uh also a corporate puppet <laughs> yeah pretty comprehensive though but yeah so may 5th trek to yomi that's that new devolver digital game yeah it's uh, coming out for game pass looks so pretty dope. i'll be excited to play that one uh salt and sacrifice didn't that already come out or sanctuary no. yeah this is the oh, sequel oh that'd be interesting yeah. maybe we should check that out huh that's a co-op one right mm-hmm. all right i gotta talk to you evil dead the game talk to I'm me about it i'm so afraid i'm gonna dislike this game because it's leaning yeah. into that fucking dead by daylight archetype that i don't really dig on at all like, i hadn't realized that it's it's deep dick in that kind of gameplay <laughs> genre okay now it does have pve elements like when you get into a match even though there is like a human controlled like bad guy out there playing yeah. as like you know a famous demon like henrietta um you are still fighting deadites in the environment while you're trying to like square away objectives like mm-hmm. gather book pages go fight witches in the woods and stuff so there might be some stuff that like i still dig on yeah i'm just afraid that like it's a game that's going to definitely need other players no matter what yes and it's always going to be this online affair like so there's no pickup matches of evil dead people are gonna be like get on comms get on comms what the fuck dude mm-hmm. i'm just like oh fuck you've ruined this for me I feel like you might have like a good weekend or two with it, and then you're gonna drop off pretty hard because like oh. that's, you don't engage with games like that no, regularly. It's so. destined to be a, like a, a few weekends, right? That's a bummer. Yeah, that's a bummer for me. A bummer for me. I know there's a single player mode though. Mm-hmm. We'll see how much fucking leeway I get out of that one. Okay. I was really hyped for this one on the onset because like mm. Saber Interactive, like they do really interesting like licensed IP games. Like yep. World War Z is really really cool. It's like a co-op like strong game. You know, story based and then kind of multiplayer shooter so yeah i don't think i'm gonna be able to get four people to play evil dead with me though nope i don't think so <laughs> let's go suck. unless it's on game pass yeah hey pac-man museum right so th- literally so like that that's the beginning of the month right there and then looking and then at the done. rest of the games it's like dolman sniper elite five cow the kangaroo yeah nothing nothing really speaks to me here so we roll into june diablo immortal right the bastard mobile game from blizzard is this out of season april fool's joke daniel (laughs) i will say parallel to that overwatch 2 is in beta right now Mm. and i'm very upset that i'm not a pc player because i want to play that game so badly i read a first impression about that game that has me keenly interested they say they're fucking like completely going against everything overwatch 1 did yeah like the dna of the team composition they said no no more team comp Mm -hmm. team comp is dead dog (laughs) and i'm like it's both 
like worrying and exciting mm-hmm. because now you don't have to play in exactly the way that works because that's what overwatch one became like if you don't have the right comp fuck off don't even play fucking you're gonna have mm-hmm. a disaster of a time now it's like no, no 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 it's about getting kills again it's about not just waiting for the right um combination of specials to unlock because it takes forever for specials to actually yeah. activate they're going for a very different beast of a game that that immediately feels different, especially with the five v five comp. Mm-hmm. This is going to be yeah. another beast, and a lot of the character re- reworks too. I've been watching a lot of people play it on Twitch because I'm just like, well, if I can't play it myself, I'll watch. Yeah, and there's been a lot of like hype around it. Some people are like, well, it looks like Overwatch One, and it's like, well, it was always going to be that in a way, but there are new maps, there are going to be new characters. Like Sojourn is a new character. And, like, characters are completely reworked. Because uh, with the 5v5, 5, wow, 5v5 comp, they're moving away from the idea that you need a second tank. So some <laughs> tanks are becoming more viable. Like, they made Arissa way more interesting. Right. Where it's like she's not tethered by the same, like, shield. She throws a javelin. She has a bit more, like, offensive capabilities. Yeah, they, they want the tanks to be able to get kills yeah. instead of just being, like, a fucking, like, uh, like, a, like, a, like a traffic cone. Yeah. I think the multiplayer is going to be as good as it ever was. I'm interested to see what the the like campaign is going to be because that's the mm. leaning into it, like the PVE stuff, right? Yeah, that's the easiest stuff to drop the ball with, too, yeah. right? So, like, I think they could easily run have a runaway success with the multiplayer because, like, Overwatch One was wildly successful, but it's like, what's the story going to be like? Right, so. right, 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 right. You big uh, Mario Strikers fan? I was actually. I like the the first one on GameCube quite a bit. I don't know that I'm gonna get it though. Is the thing. So what about but you? We are no 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 no. <laughs> We're gonna get the quarry though. Yes. Hell yes. yeah! I'm baby. very excited for the quarry. I'm excited for it. That's June 10th. Fuck yeah, yeah. dude. That's I'll, that's a good summer game. Right I there. love summer horror. Yeah. Summer horror like it reminds me of those old seven like Friday the Thirteenth is what mm-hmm. it feels like. You don't watch Friday the Thirteenth in October. You watch it yep. when it's summertime, man. And like that's got a <laughs> banger cast, right? Like David Arquette, oh, yeah. Fucking Brenda Song, Ethan Suppley. So Brenda Song, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, she's a cutie. You know what's also June tenth? What's up? The new Jurassic Park movie. Oh, what? Yes. Dominion comes out on the top. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Even though it looks like Fast and Furious. A little bit, yeah. Like, a little <laughs> bit too much, but, you know, whatever. I'm excited. I like I like seeing the oldies back, too. The whole trio. Yeah. Fucking Ian, Ellie, and Grant. Oh, it's, that's going to hit some fucking nostalgia points for people. And, you know, we don't see a lot of middle-aged polyamory in movies anymore, but I'm glad that this is bringing it back. <laughs> <laughs> um, ooh, Sonic Origins for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the Capcom fighting collection? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Some of these classic fighters, like I kind of, like I, you would have me if you brought if you got like MVC two back. Yeah, you know, like those are the shit that I love. Or fucking third third strike or whatever, man. Mm-hmm. This one has like a bunch of dark stalkers that I'm like mildly interested in, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. However, yes, I will be picking up Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. Because if you want me to play something that is historically either a tactical game or a JRPG, turn it into a Muso. Exactly. <laughs> and I'll fucking play it. So I'm excited about that one. Yeah, and that comes out on June 24th. And then the rest of the month is kind of like nothing for us. Yeah. So we roll into July. We got Arcade Again, Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series. What? Live a Live, Digimon Survive, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Which I know that is going to be a big thing for people. Xenoblade Chronicles 3. But that's not going to be one for me because, like, I haven't played one and two. Oh, wait. Arcade Ageddon's doing its full release? Yes. 
I will have it already then because I bought the early release. Oh. Yeah, that that's a game that like has some risk of rain kind of vibes you know mm-hmm. it's like one of those roguelikes with a hyper stylized i think the willems wrote for it as well oh interesting i want to see that game actually like become something but like from the early release it was so easy to drop off it was yeah. so easy to drop off i was like yeah this is fine it's not a lot of substance it's fun stylish and run smooth but i mm-hmm. don't know i don't know sorry what you're saying oh it's just running through july so like xenoblade chronicles i think is the big one for july uh, for people yeah the third one what about live a live Live Alive. Leave uh, I don't really care. Oh, wow. Oh, whoa, <laughs> yeah, whoa, I know that's whoa. contentious. I know people are really, really whoa, whoa. into that series. They they love it. They think it's like, you know, that's must... a series? Yeah. Must play fucking JRPG. But like for me, I'm like, no, I'm good. What's the series? Live a Live. That's one game I'm looking at. That's a series? I thought it was, yeah. From what series? <laughs> <laughs> the live a live series you're telling me there's a live a live two three four five like oh what what, what is it a part of live a live what is live a live a part of man it goes back to 1994 what the yeah fuck? live a live is a 1994 role-playing game developed and published by square for the super famicon it's a remake is what we're getting oh. yeah so a remake for the nintendo switch is scheduled for release worldwide on july 22nd 2022 so. okay well, good for the so world. May, so, may, okay, maybe I misspoke. Less of a series and more of just a widely heralded JRPG game from the you past. Double back on me yeah. right now? I did it. You gotta double down. Hmm. You gotta double down. It's a series! It's a series. Okay. A series has two games. <laughs> uh, are we in August now? We're in August. Well, can't wait for Saints Row. Didn't that get pushed back? Like, I think that was supposed to come out earlier this year. It was coming out like February or March. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really it. September. People are excited about Soul Hackers. Apparently, Soul Hackers 2. Apparently, that's related to Persona or something. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's part of the Shin Megami spinoffs. Oh, cool. Yeah, Two Point Campus. Oh, this year's not really looking good for us. And then September, we got Steel Rising. That looked kind of interesting. Uh, Steel Rising is... Who developed that shit? Uh, The guys that did Greedfall, they're trying to make their own Souls-like. It's like a... (laughs) Not to be confused with the lies of P, it is a Victorian-era Souls-like. Developed by Spiders Studios. Is it developed by Spiders? (laughs) Yeah. Could be interesting. Did you see any, uh, they released footage tonight, Jan, about it. I haven't seen it. You play as like a Victorian robot in the French Revolution or something. Cool. It's all, it's all Souls combat. (laughs) Souls game. The idea of like all these games being Souls-like or Souls-influenced doesn't always excite me. Like, I think, yeah, I think FromSoft does it best and there have been a lot of imitators. Some have been good at it, right? Like, I think Salt and uh, Sanctuary is pretty great. Um, Mm. Blasphemous, I hear, is pretty good. That's good. Um, And then there have been a few other ones, like Remnant, right? But, like, I don't know. I don't always need that formula to be in every game now. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, it's in Steel Rising. (laughs) It's right in there. Uh, Splatoon 3, that's a big one for people. For people. Yeah. Not for us. Not for us? No. It's got a huge pro scene, too. Do we hate video games? I think we do. I think we do. Warhammer 40k, Dark Tide, baby. 
the fuck is that? Warhammer is a huge series for people. Bust out your miniatures. <laughs> it's time for Henry Cavill. <laughs> to, <laughs> He's to, really into that. To sorry, paint so. alongside us. <laughs> uh, so then we jump into October, which has two games that I am interested in. I think this is where my interests start to get back up to like game yeah. of the year level. Where Forspoken is October 11th. And then mm-hmm. Gotham Knights is October 25th. Okay, two games so. I will definitely pick up. Yeah. Uh, Forspoken looks very interesting to me, and Gotham Knights, well, as long as they remind me of the good gameplay of Arkham, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I'll And tell me a mildly good Batman story. That's all I need. And just keep in mind, the game's a service, so mm-hmm. how close will we be to Avengers is the question. I would say at its core, Avengers did have a good story. It's when it leaned hard into the game's of service stuff, that's mm-hmm. when it lost me a little bit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that's that's what this game is going to do. It's yeah. going to do the events and all the rest. How how well will they be able to do it? We'll see. In it's the a, November. It's a juggling act, right? Yeah. November has Starfield... At November 11th. 11-11. Make a wish for a good game. So we, we've heard some interesting stuff about this game, mm-hmm. right? Where there was, what? It was an ex-dev who said this game needs a lot of work, essentially, and that mm-hmm. it's not really ready to be released. Yeah, they said things like the shooting is okay, <laughs> but the flight controls are dog shit, <laughs> and it's a lot of empty space. There's just oh, a lot man. of emptiness in the game. So... Their summation was that unless the game gets a lot of content cut before mm-hmm. release, it's going to be pushed. That, those are some big words. Yeah. Those are some big words. But no, the way they framed it is like if they want to release by November, they need to cut a bunch of shit out. Mm-hmm. So they might. They might upend it. They might take out the features. It's probably smarter for Bethesda to say, hey, we're going to have shit down the line or a roadmap or something. Mm-hmm. But please, God, don't release this game badly. No, I think this game really needs to hit for Bethesda. Yeah. You were saying this is their first new IP in 25 years? Yep. Right? Outside of Elder Elder Scrolls and Fallout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this needs to hit. And especially if they're positing it as like this next new venture into the open world choice-driven like RPG space. Like They need to hone into what they do best and not just launch a game to just get it out. But I I worry it's going to have the same Bethesda ales at launch. It's going to be buggy. Um, for Fallout, for as much as I like Fallout, there was a lot of emptiness in some of the, the open world elements. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Like a game that posits the idea of like, okay, you're going to be in space and you're going to go to different star systems. Like, sure, space is empty, right? But like you got you to gotta make the, the planets and things I'm traveling to interesting, right? Don't do another no man's sky thing where it's oh. like wow this was very underbaked but over time that game obviously yeah. got better right yeah. it had a second life so yeah i think it'd be pretty disappointing to have this game follow that same same model of like oh yeah oops sorry i, I guess we forgot to put shit yeah on these planets you know give us two years and we will mm-hmm. that'd be so disappointing but it won't stop the Bethesda stands from making this out to be the best game ever made mm-hmm. and supporting it Left, right, and center. I want to know right now, what is your over-under when this game comes out on Metacritic? Where do you think this is going to land? Over-under in Metacritic, huh? I'm going to say it's probably going to land at like an 88. 88? 88. You're going to have a lot of people that are just going to be like fucking just wonderstruck by the game. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, it's Skyrim in space. I can see it now. Yeah. Right? And then you're going to have a few detractors going, hey this game's kind of rough or mm-hmm. hey this isn't that interesting what's what's going on here and they will be stamped out by todd 
Todd will show up at their house and fucking tombstone them. I think it's going to be an even 80. Even 80? Yeah. Even 80? Whew. It, that's low. It's tough, too, because, like, so Outer Worlds by Obsidian, right? Mm-hmm. Had that same DNA, right, of Bethesda games, because it was a lot of ex-Bethesda devs on that. Um, and I think for a space adventure, a space-trotting adventure with all those, like, core bethesda elements they nailed it they told a really interesting story and there was a lot of like really cool things going on in that world a little bit of emptiness here and there as like those games have because you have to have like repeatable loops of like you know going through facilities and killing you know raiders and big space bugs but Mm -hmm. like i think Mm -hmm. that was such a like a brilliant game and if this game doesn't at least hit near that level it's going to be pretty disappointing yeah, I agree. I don't know. If, if any of what this dev is saying is true, it sounds like the best bet is to delay it. Yeah. Now, Bethesda and Xbox mm-hmm. have a showcase coming up in June 12th, I believe. Yeah. Might show some cool things. Maybe we see a little bit of Indiana Jones for the first time. Right. You know, maybe we get some status updates on a few projects that have gone to the wayside, like Where's Everwild mm-hmm. by Obsidian. We're, we're, that was supposed to be the action-based Skyrim game that yeah. they're making. Where's Redfall? Where's Fable? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's been a lot of like, hey, we're going to announce like this kind of like promise of a title, yeah. and then it's going to be quiet for four years. Right. Well, as we both know, that is a uh, recruitment ploy yeah. as well. Hey, here's a title card. We need help. <laughs> you know? But I think... There is a chance that they might announce a new date for Starfield at the show. Hmm. And just say, hey, I know we said November, but we need more time. There's a chance. If they don't, then oh my god, I am fascinated to see what gets released on November 11th this year. Fascinated. I I would totally... And I don't have to pay for it. That's true. (laughs) I would totally be okay with them delaying it, because like I said, this game needs to hit. And like I I want to return to form quality Bethesda game. It would be the first new launch under the Microsoft Bethesda window. Yes. Right? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's two companies invested in this being the end-all, be-all. Right? So, We'll see. We'll see on that one. Now, there are a lot of games that were supposed to come out this year or Mm -hmm. still might come out this year. That's just kind of like a fucking amorphous blob. Like sometime 2022. Of like, we don't know, we're still making it. Do you remember that fucking Avatar game that they announced? I do. Apparently they just announced the sequel to Avatar. They announced the name of it finally. Isn't it the Sea of Wonders or some shit? Some shit like that. I don't give a fuck. Now, keep in mind, James Cameron, 10 years ago, announced that there's going to be like four a sequels. Yeah. yeah, yeah, They've been developing all of them for years and years and years. But uh, Advance Wars got fucking pushed mm-hmm. because of the uh, the conflict in Ukraine. The uh, war in Ukraine. We don't say conflict. That's propaganda. There's a Quiet Place video game being developed? Apparently. By Saber Interactive? Apparently. Oh, no, that's the publisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, apparently. Interesting. I don't know what it means. Hmm. Um, oh, I just saw a trailer for this Asterigigos, Curse of the Stars. It looks like a, like a like a Kenna type. Okay. Like a Kenna action, you know, hack and slash sort of thing. That's eh, cool. Could, could be cool. Could be cool. Um, a Plague Tale Requiem. Oh, yeah. that's right. The sequel. I played part one. I didn't beat it, but I'll skip. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll skip to playing part two. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, a lot of people really like the first one. It's good. It's very good. Uh, I just kind of got bored of the uh, sneaking gameplay. Yeah, it, it was great. free on PS Plus like a few months ago. So. That's how I played it. That's how I played it. I think it's also in Game Pass, by the way. Mm. Um, we're getting Modern Warfare 2, apparently. Oh, yes. I had heard a rumor that we were going to skip a year for Call of Duty, though. Yeah, I thought that was the thing around the um, the acquisition yeah. from, from Microsoft and Activision that they're like, yeah, we're going to start skipping years. But maybe this is something that had already been kind of in development. And then after this, yeah, like next year wouldn't be the thing. So what do they do? Are they just going back and like remaking like all of the old modern warfare reboots? Yeah. Like they're, they're very much new stories, but they have some of the same characters like prices there. And Mm -hmm. I think, um, what's the other guy that people like ghost? Maybe. Yeah. They're, they're there, but like, it's totally different stories. Okay. They're, much more like grounded and brutal what i played of modern warfare is just like yo some of this shit's like extreme hmm. <laughs> like in, in when it comes to content but yeah they're they're reboots we'll see apparently call of duty's not doing so good these days mm-hmm. uh people are jumping off of Warzone, finding other things to do maybe they're all excited for bomb rush cyberpunk <laughs> <laughs> no they're excited for destiny 2 lightfall there we go yeah that's what it is um oh my god we're getting a let it die fucking sequel Slash spinoff. Are we? Deathverse. Oh. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, You know, I don't look at Let It Die and say that's a franchise. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Diablo Immortal coming to PC, so we get to to jump on it. You don't have to burn up your iOS. (laughs) It's a new phone, so the battery life is there. Ah, sure, you'll be good. I forgot that there was a Dune game coming out. Spice Wars. Isn't that supposed to be a mobile game, too? Uh, I think so. Yeah. It's also like a tactical kind of game. New Earth Defense Force. Oh, my God. Is that happening this year? So we're just running down this list going like, oh, wow. Yeah, I guess that was announced. Yeah, there's a lot of like kind of like vaporware stuff that like has just been announced and then forgotten about. Look at it. It's all it's all the sins of Jeff Keighley's Game Awards. <laughs> all his world premieres are just sitting in a pending state your, right your now. Your dregs, they, they're <laughs> behind a gate waiting to be unleashed. Yeah. Um, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. Fucking Stop making dead by daylights yep. <laughs> out of my favorite franchises fuck off make co-op games again this one is like mildly interesting because it has the willems james and elise willems writing for it yeah uh greg miller's doing voice work for it it's supposed to be very funny I'm, and i'm glad that he's a part of it yeah. he loves ghostbusters That's but his god life. damn it make a game kevin wants to play please <laughs> god of war ragnarok still don't got no release date man if this game comes out this year yeah it is going to be fucking amazing. I agree. Um, that That is the only thing maybe threatening Elden Ring out of my number one spot for my game of the year. Makes sense. Um, but if it doesn't come out this year, I could see it maybe doing the slight shift to being like first quarter of next year. It's got to be. Yeah. It's got to be. Mm, oh, they're making something about Hogwarts. Weird. Never heard of it. Hogwarts Legacy, yeah. I guess yeah. that was supposed to be holiday 2022, right? Uh, yes. Okay. So we don't know the date for that. Okay. Okay. Uh, Instinction? That's a cool name, but I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> Instinction. Sounds fun to say. Instinction. Instinction. Well, yeah. let's read the stuff off that we do know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, we could literally read every itemized thing on here. Yeah, I don't know. None of this is really hitting. I forgot that they were doing a Life is Strange remastered collection. That's pretty cool. It already came out. Oh, did it? That's the Switch release. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. They should have moved that up then. <laughs> yeah, and the collection doesn't include part two. Hmm. So what the fuck? Okay, that's fucked up. <laughs> a little fucked up, by the way. 
Yeah, reading through this list, it's like there's certainly games on this list, right? Like, and some <laughs> things that I'm not necessarily like super hot for. The new Pokemon games are coming out, I think, in the fall. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Yep. Hopefully, that is like a shakeup for the franchise. We'll see, though. I don't know that it's like necessarily too informed by what Arceus did, but it seems like it's leaning into the same sort of mm-hmm. like open world tendencies. Motherfucking Oxenfree 2 is coming out this year. Oh, Lost Signals. I'm very okay, I'm actually very one. interested in that. Very excited for that. Um, I skipped over it, but Nino Kuni Crossworlds. Oh, never mind. It's an iOS game. <laughs> oh, never mind. Never not mind. a real Fuck game, it. according to Daniel. <laughs> well, no, it lessens my excitement for yeah, it. So. It's not like part three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Resident Evil 2 and 3, I think the PS5 upgrades are coming this and year. And 7. So. And 7. Oh, and 7. Oh, my God. God, yeah. we'll be playing through those games yeah, like animals. Yeah, yeah. Fucking uh, the RE Engine trilogy. Well, there's four of them actually on there. Yeah, there's four of them now. River City Girls 2. I'm actually very excited for this one. I've spent a lot of time with the first game, got the platinum, and I mean, it just speaks to my love of beat em ups. It's a very good game. Yep. Rumble Verse. It's a cool name, too. I just like some of these names. Yeah. <laughs> Video games have cool names. Video... Oh, Somerville is a game I'm very intrigued by. Very intrigued by. That was one that they showed at one of the um, Xbox shows a little while back. It's hmm. this very... Um, God, how do I even explain Somerville? Oh, I accidentally clicked on Sonic Frontiers. Get out of here, Sonic, you piece of... Nobody nobody cares. So it's by uh, it's an adventure game by a studio called Jump Ship. Uh, I think some of the folks that did um, Inside and Limbo are making it. And it has that same kind of style. It's a side-scroller, but this like this kind of looming force of invasion is coming here. I think it's like there's aliens involved and whatnot. Mm. Looks super stylized. Super, super cool. Okay. Very excited for that one. There's a game called Spider Soars. I want that. Spider Soars sounds great. Oh, I know what that is. It's a beat-em-up where you fight literal little spiders with dinosaur heads. It's really <laughs> That's cool. That's actually kind of cool. It looks cool That's as fun. fuck, dude. I'm very, very... Speaking of beat-em-ups, I'm very excited for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Mm. Made by the guys that brought us Streets of Rage yep. 4, by the by. Dotomu? Dotomu? Uh, we skipped over two things on the S's. So Sea of Stars, I'm really looking forward to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah by the Sundered. studio that did The Messenger. What? I thought it was Sundered. Hmm. Sundered is Thunder Lotus. Oh, never yeah. mind. And then Sons of the Forest oh yeah dude where the fuck is sons of the forest man i need my fix of crafting and being scared i need that uh, yeah i can't wait for sons of the forest it looks like they're fixing the combat like bigly yeah wow this game is not coming out this year the callisto no, product it protocol no it There's isn't no I way that, that, like, is, nope. that is not coming Bet. out this year fuck off uh, not too much else man. what is the lord of the rings Gollum? It's a. It's literally just like what, what it sounds. It's an adventure game where you play as Gollum. Oh no, it isn't. Oh yeah, man. it is. Yeah, they showed a trailer for it at like I think Game Awards, and okay. I was like, oh god, talk about the most exciting thing you can do with the Lord of the Rings IP. <laughs> I like this title a lot. Wizard with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds good right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, don't forget about Valkyrie Elysium. Finally, getting a Valkyrie profile sequel after all these goddamn years uh dude that's it that's it that's all that's exciting yeah, i don't there, know there's a lot of titles on here i know there's a lot of like smaller games indie games japanese games that really speak to people on here like Dio field chronicle but like for me it's just like like I, I know there's a flavor of gaming for everyone and i'm happy for those people that are getting these games but for me it's just like some of it doesn't really speak to my interests especially now like 
where I feel like games are getting longer and I need to really put my time into games that are worth my while. Mm. Um, For some people, it's not that. For me, it's like gaming is one of my biggest hobbies, but like it's still an expensive hobby. And like, you know, I am using my dollars very wisely. I'm not buying every game that comes out um, unless it's stuff that I know that's really going to hit for me. You know, it sounds like you need to get on the greatest deal in gaming. I, I do. But it also means I need to buy a new console. Uh-huh. So. Make it time to shine. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Come on. Phil? Phil's entering you in his kingdom. He's like, hey, come on. Come Daniel, on here. Come The water's warm. I got the whole Lightning Returns trilogy for you, bud. We have day and date. PlayStation Plus Plus isn't going to have that. Come on. I got a whole field of stars. <laughs> I don't know why he's talking this way. I don't know. Phil, are you okay? Are, are you on drugs? <laughs> you sound really sedated, Phil. Is that Reggie behind you? What are you guys doing? <laughs> is he puppeting you right now? Why is it so smoky in here? It smells like sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the rest of the year, it's it's an interesting landscape, but like some of it, it doesn't inspire me. And a lot of it seems like still potential to shift elsewhere, too. Where is the Resident Evil Village DLC? Where? I need it. Put it in me. <laughs> Isn't yeah. there like a few other things by Capcom too that were like rumors. Okay, reported to come out? Yeah, yeah. Like Street Fighter 6 was announced this year, but it's definitely not coming out this year. Yeah. Oh no. Probably not even coming out next year. All we year. got was a beard demo. <laughs> we got a beard and some other guy. Um, and then uh, for Resident Evil, I mean, there's heavy rumors about there being a Switch exclusive title, which makes sense because Monster Hunter Rise did really well for yeah. them. It's not the first time that they went with a Nintendo only Resident Evil and yeah. then decided to port it elsewhere. Revelations. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe. But I think the Village DLC is coming out. Probably closer to October than anything else. Right? It seems like such like a lapse where like I, I look at... Um, Resident Evil 7, that game released in January mm-hmm. of 2017. And the DLC came out pretty soon after. You know what? Hmm. Oh, it was a different studio. No, no, no. They didn't plan it. Oh. They waited to see how Village was received before they commissioned it. So they didn't even have it in mind. They are just like, let's just do DLC because Village is really popular. Yeah, this is the first time that Capcom's really done that. Interesting. Yeah, so that's why it's taking so long. They had to have known Village would be popular, though. Just kind of like... Yeah. Look- the kind of reception of the last three games before it. I've said it over and over again. Capcom is one of the most conservative studios when it comes to what they bankroll. Mm. And even more so with the pandemic. Like That's fair. Like That's they, fair. They, they, they've, they've been careful to like, you know, not, not blow their wad <laughs> on like everything, right? Yeah. You got to so. divert your assets very carefully. Right. And I think they're, they're probably putting their time and efforts into the rumored... Resident Evil 4 remake and probably mm-hmm. a few other things. So yep. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a new Monster Hunter world in, in the works. So Yeah, Monster Hunter something. Yeah. I um because listen, that took the world by fucking storm. It did. It did. They'd be stupid to ignore their most successful title. No, no. They're doing it. They're <laughs> yeah. doing it. I promise you. They are making a sequel to World. Yeah. It's just gonna be probably longer on uh when it comes on a time frame from when it comes out, right? So towards the end of the year here as we mm-hmm. do right we'll have well i guess towards the summer rather we'll have summer games fest right and a bunch yep. of other conferences right there's going to be more sony showcases i think there's like the future of play 
showcase that they're doing. <laughs> uh, we have the Xbox Bethesda one. These names suck. Yeah, some of them are pretty bad. <laughs> That's a bad name. What What do you think is maybe some of the stuff that we haven't heard yet that is maybe kind of in the works from some of our favorite publishers and developers? Well, I think there's a game in trouble that we did hear about a while back. Hmm. Uh, Perfect Dark. Oh yeah, from the initiative. Yeah, the so the the rumor is there's turmoil within the initiative. There's too many top-down mandates, whereas the creative staff kind of was recruited to the studio, thinking it would be more of a freeform environment to work in. Okay. But it sounds like you remember when they're like, "Oh, we're gonna get Crystal Dynamics to co-develop with us." Mm-hmm. The rumor is they're gonna fucking take over. <laughs> so that's gonna push that game out even further. Okay. And it might be the smart choice. Yeah. You know, because like, uh, <laughs> despite a recent dud. Uh, Marvel's The Avengers. Crystal Dynamics is a versatile studio that has a lot of skin in the game and they know how to make franchises. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to... I don't know that we're going to see anything from it this year, mm-hmm. but I think it does leave a lot of questions of like, well, when? Yeah. You know? So so that, that that's one that I think like a status update for it would be cool because mm-hmm. all we got was like a fucking tone piece trailer that probably isn't even going to be the game. Yeah. You know, going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is out there? I, I think it'd be cool to get a redfall date this mm-hmm. year i i i'm not holding out hope for a release date this year but it would be cool to see like what is the mechanics of this game what's going on with it mm-hmm. how's the co-op work what ghoulies am i fighting yeah i honestly i think that might be a game that surprises people i think that's going to be a game where we're all like fucking tune in for it seems like kind of like a class-based power-based shooter too which mm-hmm. is interesting but you're fighting vampires i know it looks good. Vampire Survive doesn't even let you fight vampires. I know. I'm confused. <laughs> I'm waiting for an update every day. What's going on, Ponkle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like Xbox and Bethesda are the ones where it's like you you announced and blew your load very early on concepts and franchises that people will show up for, but like haven't said anything since. Like, I do want to see more from Fable Four. You know, I do want to see what fucking Bethesda's Indiana Jones game is going to be. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if down the line, maybe we get an announcement for a new Doom game. A new Doom, Doom 3. Yeah, you know what? It's been quiet. Yeah. It's been quiet for a while. It's got to be the next thing, right? Mm -hmm. That or give them a new IP. Yeah. I don't see it, but, you know, (laughs) maybe he surprises with a new Quake. Like, hey, we're going to do to Quake what we did to Doom. Didn't they have, like, a newer Quake? I forget what it was called. Yeah, it was like, um, fuck, what was it? Quake Arena or something like that? Yeah, it was like a new Quake Arena. Yeah. But remember, some of the Quake games had a quote-unquote story. True, true. Yeah, Quake 4 had a whole ass story where (laughs) you turn into a fucking cyborg man. Yeah. It's pretty funny, actually. I'd like to see what happens next, right? Um, I mean, I feel like Arcane has a lot of uh, stokes in the fire as well. I mean, we're kind of getting back to like Bethesda-centric stuff, but you know... They're the ones that have like showed their hand earliest, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas like another other publishers are completely question mark. Like we talked about earlier, I either Final Fantasy sixteen comes out at the end of this year or don't, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I don't expect anything too big from uh, Square unless they fucking surprise the shit out of us with a third near. That would be something. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, a new near, or maybe the idea of like, hey, here's something from Final Fantasy seven remake. Here's part two. Here's a teaser taster of it Mm -hmm. um shifting kind of in that similar lane talking about sony right like we had that big showcase like in september of last year where we got some pretty good reveals of new stuff right like the new insomniac titles spider-man 2 wolverine one 
I think we get something a little bit more from that, like when they do their next showcase. Yeah, yeah, kind of like here's the roadmap for next couple of years. Yeah, the, um, I don't think those games are coming out this year, but like obviously, like you know, 2023, 2024, probably. God, we're getting Spider Man 2 next year. Yeah. Insomniac is pumping out hits. I don't know how they're doing it. They're a very good studio. They're, yeah, they've got the special sauce. They do. They Sony, do. Sony really did a good job by acquiring them when they did. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think about Sony IP too. Like, what's um, what's next? I, I honestly think there might be like a new IP that they reveal that's kind of in the same vein mm-hmm. as a like Ghost of Tsushima, Horizon, like another that they want to add to the benchmark. But who do you think it's from? Who is it from? Yeah. Like, what studio might do it? They might surprise us with Housemark. Oh yeah, Housemark's not doing Returnal too. That's true. They might come in and be like, "Here you go. <laughs> Here's something new." I, I want them to keep letting Housemark do their own thing. I don't want them to get pulled into like this, hey, here's our big games of service roadmap that we got going on with the the idea of launching the new subscription service. No, let Housemark be Housemark. Yeah, when's that going to happen though, you know? Because yeah. like they, they keep on like talking about it. Like, oh, we're going to get into this, you know, longevity games kind of thing. And it's mm-hmm. like, are we going to see a whole showcase of like, oh, here's all their multiplayer games. Okay. Yeah, I think there's going to be like a state of play around that for sure. And you know what they're going to do too. They're all going to be known IP, but like a multiplayer version of it. And that's how they're going to get people in. And it's like, oh, oh, wow, Factions is back. Oh my God, they're doing what with Ghost of Tsushima? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Deacon St. John's brother. (laughs) I I think so Factions in particular. I I think at this point that gets bundled with uh, Last of Us Remake. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. I think that's where it makes sense, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, game games runs on Last of Us uh, Part Two engine, yeah. and then has like a re completely redone factions, not mm-hmm. like the original, but like a new thing, like a combobulation of Part One and Part Two, right? Yeah, and then it would take place during Part One's uh, timeline. Hmm. Not that there's a huge difference between one and two. What seven years? Uh, yeah, I think it's that long. Yeah, so hmm. that's probably going to be how they justify the remake. By the way. Mm-hmm. Going like, whoa, 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 wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, here's the story element that gets you in the door, but look at this full suited multiplayer game for you streamers out there. You and know? that I think we get next year. I think that kind of launches in tandem with the, the show. HBO show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I was cynical about it at first, but it makes sense. Yeah, I think we get an <laughs> announcement this year. Yeah. Right? But not not the full full suite. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, the future. The future, indeed. <laughs> some of the future freaks me out, but in speaking of games, some of it has me hopeful. Well, some of it's hopeful, some of it's safe. Yeah. Some of it's like, of course they're making that. Of course they're making a sequel to that. <sighs> but, like, do you think studios have the opportunity to really do anything that isn't status quo or safe sequels right now? Like, it feels like they need, like, especially with how expensive games are and how long they take to develop, like, they need their studios kind of just doing the thing that makes sense in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, the answer is maybe. I think there's avenues for original games coming from these big studios, right? Mm-hmm. Game Pass being a perfect, uh, not to call it a dumping ground, mm-hmm. but a perfect ecosystem, say to, uh, so to say, for things that are like, here's a smaller scale thing that maybe we don't know, like untested IP, but you know the names behind it making it, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, no, I agree. We're always going to be stuck in this fucking sequelitis fucking... I know. 
world. We're trapped. And it's a bummer because like when studios kind of venture off and do new IP, thinking of like Naughty Dog kind of spawning off from Uncharted 3 and then being like, hey, we got The Last of Us. Or, <laughs> you know, giving um, Sucker Punch the, the reins to do Ghost of Tsushima or, you know, Gorilla with Horizon. It's like, they are, when you give them the ability to do new IP and kind of stretch their legs in new creative ways, you see amazing return. Yeah, once so. upon a time ago, The Last of Us, these other games, they were all passion projects. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't burn your crews out because you want to turn everything into a fucking yeah. three games and a spinoff sort <sighs> of situation, right? Like, hey, look at the studio and say, you're talented. Do your thing, man. Make an original thing. We'll try to sell it best we can. Make people understand what it is, right? That, that should be Sony's job and Microsoft's job. Going like, hey, people know your name. People know what you do, Obsidian. People know what you do, Bethesda. We're going to spin something new out of it because, yeah. you know what, you're going to stagnate with the same goddamn IP because people are going to hold things to a harder comparison point, mm-hmm. right? Oh, this sequel doesn't do exactly what part one did. Or, oh, this is disappointing because it's filled with bloat. Yeah. Sound familiar? Let them bit. do original things. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. I feel like we need, like, two showcases that make me excited about the rest of the year. That's kind of where I'm at, right? Like, we're not there yet. There's a lot of, like, question marks about how this year goes. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of things feel like small (laughs) Game Fest announcements Mm -hmm. that we're seeing seeded now. Where it's like, oh, yeah, is everyone going to go crazy about Evil Dead the game? No. (laughs) No. I mean, we did when we got it at the Game Awards (laughs) or whenever that was. I did. Yeah. I did. And then I learned more. (laughs) Don't do this to me, games. Stop making Dead by Daylights. You're killing Kevin. You're killing me and you're sucking up all the horror IP. What the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. You can have such cool games based on this IP, man. I could be conjuring ghost hunting. That's true. <laughs> and now they're going to make that a Dead by Daylight where, oh, I'm the nun. <laughs> This episode's brought to you by the nun. Give us a fucking uh, what it conjuring universe beat 'em up series. Oh man! Give, give us fucking cuckoo fists. <laughs> Cuckoo's revenge. <Yeah. laughs> that would be so good. Ah, uh, well, I think I'm cooked, man. I think so too. We're talking. We we ran a little long on this one, but there was just so much. We always do this with the plays, where it's like we're gonna talk about the games we play, and then we talk about everything. I knew it when we got to an hour twenty when I was talking about Life is Strange. I was like, oh, we're fucked. Yeah, we're I think fucked. we need to just start excising the news from these plays ventures maybe all together maybe all together future idea for you guys we'll we'll announce more when we're landing on it stay tuned for Evangelion in review <laughs> well guys thank you for listening to another save room plays uh sorry to keep you long but hopefully you enjoyed what you heard uh if you want as long as we kept you hard yeah as long as we kept you a fucking your steel rising you know oh but if you wanted to give us a follow on twitter at Save Room Show, you know, tell us what you're excited for in the remaining of the year. Tell us what you think these studios have cooking. Um, another thing you could do that would be really great: go to Spotify, little rating feature there. there. Give us a five star rating. Tell us. Well, you can't tell us anything. Can't leave comments on it, but just tell us with that that rating that you love us. You know, just you did that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just come on by. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening to this podcast once again. Yeah. If we get enough five-star ratings, maybe one day we can associate the podcast with the blockchain and right. actually profit off of it. Ooh, yeah. and then I and then I can sell my Minecraft. Is that how it works? <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. I'm going to sell you my Roblox. There we go. Yay! <laughs> All right, have a good night, guys. Good night.